not in Kansas anymore. It lands in theaters everywhere. For the first time, digitally restored. These things must be done delicately. And remastered in digital stereo sound. Well, that makes a difference. Because, because. With all the songs. Well, there's no place like home. The magic. Poppy. I am Oz. Follow the yellow brick road. The fun. Follow the yellow brick road. Generations have waited to see the most beloved movie of the century on the big screen. And... Toto 2? Toto 2. We represent the lollipop gym. I'll get you, my pretty. And your little dog, too. Put him up. Put him up. The Wizard of Oz Special Edition. Digitally restored and remastered in digital stereo sound. You've never seen Oz like this. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey, and with me as always is Nick. What's up? And then we have a first-time guest, our friend Allie. Hello. Yeah, Allie's with us. Allie also enjoys movies. I do. You're married to a cinephile. I am married to a cinephile, absolutely. Like a real one. Like, yes. Like one that's like, that understands things in movies that I don't. Yes, he has over 800 movies. That's more than I have. It's ridiculous. Like, like yes, physical? he counted them. Yes. Yeah, he collects movies. Wow, okay. Y'all need to come over and see him sometime. It's ridiculous. Taryn's got, I think he can rival that collection, but I think his is like digital. So yeah. So that's, mm, that's not as impressive to me. The, um, the digital isn't impressive? Yeah, it's not. Anyone can do that. Just download things. That's but true. To like buy yeah. and like coddle and actually have to buy shelf space to like put things. You're right. You're and right. And find a woman to marry that it's like, I'm cool with you having 800 physical films. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, still working on that. So I have like maybe <laughs> 300 films and my wife kind of every once in a while looks at him and looks at me and like kind of shrugs. Like, what are, you, <laughs> what are we doing about this? <laughs> so, um, all right. So uh, as we always start... What have you guys been watching this week, Nick? I'll start with you. Well, I have been catching up a little bit on some series. I watched What We Do in the Shadows the first season. Okay. I, it was, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of fun. I don't know if it's as good as the show or the movie, but it's a lot of fun. I watched like half of that. Yeah. And it wasn't as good as the movie to me. Yeah. Because I don't know. I just got attached to those vampires, but I do like Matthew Barry a lot. Well, I'm a huge Matthew Barry. I'm fan. sorry you didn't make it through the end of the season because there's a surprise at the end. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll track back through. Okay. Allie. I have been watching a lot. We watched uh, eight and a half of the Star Wars films, and we watched Harry Potter, and. Lately, we watched a movie. It's a French foreign movie called um, Eyes Without a Face, and it's really good. Highly recommend. And I also I've saw heard it. that song. It's oh, that song. It's a really good movie. Y'all should give it a check. It's really good. Why eight and a half Star Wars films? Did you just stop in the middle one because of time, or did one just piss you off so bad? You're well, like, Corey, there's done. only there's only eight mainline Star Wars. There's movies. only eight Star Wars movies, and then there's the don't, two spinoffs. Don't let Nick. <laughs> 
Do not let Nick influence you on this. He what did. Ta- he Corey, didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Are... As I wave my hand. Oh, oh man. What whatever. are you? What are you? <laughs> what were? The, is like? Are you counting Solo in the? In the no. In this, or are you just watching the trilogies? The trilogies. Okay. The two trilogies. The two trilogies and the, and the, and the unfinished du- one. The duology. The duology. That one. They were fine. All the new trilogies were perfectly fine. It was great. Ben Solo is going to go down bigger than Darth Vader. Just give it time. All right. I have been watching movies for a film class. I had to watch Thelma and Louise. Have you ever watched Thelma and Louise? Not no. yet. I know the scene where they drive off into the Grand Canyon. Spoilers. Which, I, that's the famous scene. I know, I'm sorry, I know. but like the ending is the famous scene. That movie is hardcore. I thought it was like a buddy movie about two girls like just hanging out. Well, it I is. I didn't realize there was like rape and murder yeah. involved. Oh, my. A lot of yeah. stuff goes down. It, it turned on me pretty quick. I was like, oh, this is, oh, okay. Uh, but it's it was fantastic. I enjoyed it. I watched Fight Club again. Um, that movie defines like high school for me. Um, and it holds up. But as I was kind of like reading up on it, apparently it didn't age well for most people. They think it's like a really toxic movie. Whatever. Um, Brad Pitt looks good. Yeah. And then Coco. I watched Coco, the Pixar movie. You just oh. now watched Coco? I just watched Coco, and that's like top tier. It's so good. It might be my favorite Pixar movie. It's fantastic. You, you tweeted about it. That's I've how been, much you liked it. I've been trying to get my wife to rewatch it, but she's like, she doesn't like to sit down and watch movies once. So she's like, she said, why would we rewatch it? I was like, to re-experience the magic <laughs> of Coco. It's a beautiful it's, movie. Uh, so I did watch something from the 80s this week in preparation for this show. Okay. I watched Howard the Duck. Oh. How was that in preparation for this show? You'll see. But, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I see why it's uh, why people like to forget it. Did you know that Howard the Duck shows up at the end of Endgame? I did. He's in there. He he's pops like up. right behind the wasp. Yeah. He's what? got a gun. He's ready. Are you serious? Yeah, Howard the Duck. He's in the Guardians up. movies. Yeah. That version of Howard the Duck shows up in Endgame. Voiced by Seth Green. That yeah. is incredible. He's there. I need to rewatch those yeah, then. I was pumped. So, uh, I also started Lord of the Rings trilogy with my wife because it's we have a which poster. you've seen before. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it before. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, I've never seen all the Hobbit movies because mm, I know I don't need just to. read the book. Yeah. No, I've I've read all these books, so I I'm enjoying it. We have a poster that's like a scratch off poster. It's yeah. like a hundred films, and so we're deciding to knock out the Lord of the Rings trilogy during quarantine. My wife's into it so far. That's all She's, you can ask for, really. Yeah. So I, that was I was a little nervous. She's into it. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Um, if you're a first-time listener, what we do here is uh, we take a film and we uproot it from, out of its original release year and we take it forwards or backwards in time to a new release year and then we recast the movie with, with actors that would be available and relevant within that new release year. Got it. There are rules. Let's okay. go through the rules. Allie, you're a first-timer here, so pay attention. Yes, sir. Rule number one. They must be alive. Dang it. You can't cast dead actors. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't do that. Number two, they cannot be incarcerated. We've renamed that the Joe Exotic rule. They cannot we we be. Na- rename it every week. Yeah, I rename it every week, but right now we're going to stick with Joe Exotic. He's relevant. Um, so they can't be in jail. That's like the most famous guy in jail right now. Um, and supposedly it's driving him insane that he's finally famous and totally in jail. Um, they have to be active, so they have to have at least one acting credit during or before the year we're working in. You can't discover someone you know that's going to be famous five years from now. Uh, they have to be currently active. 
And then whoever you cast will lose all the acting credits they had that year. So there are stakes. But we have some caveats to that. We have the cameo rule. If they were in a movie for five minutes or less, that's fine. That was they went on set for a day, knocked something out. That's cool. We also have the TV rule. If they they weren't in a whole season, if they just did something about a five-episode run or lower, that's fine. Good to go. Um, They're good to go. Uh, Voice acting. uh, That is done in a single location can be knocked out pretty relatively fast. Um, this is the part where we always get really nervous and say while, we have voice acting while friends. While it takes a lot of talent <laughs> yeah. to be a voice actor. Uh, Christy, you're talented. Rowdy, you're talented. We promise that we know that you're talented. Um, and then also, I just added this, producing, directing, stage acting. Who can keep up with all that? So we don't, if they, re- if they produce something that year, it doesn't matter. If they directed something that year, we can't keep up with all that. If they were on Broadway, Awesome. But I don't know that. Um, so, what movie are we doing, Nick? We are doing 1939's The Wizard of Oz. Or also known as The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Okay, Allie, what year did you prepare for? Did you prepare for the right year? I hope so. I prepared for 1986. That is Correct. Wonderful. Which is good, because I did not text Nick to make sure I was studying the right year. I just went on my gut. Allie texted me, so luckily I was able to... Good. We're all, we're all in 1986. I am only a few months old. You guys are not alive. Not yet. Nope. Um, so, Wizard of Oz was nominated for three Oscars. Of it course. It won... Uh, um, one. Best or song. no, it won two. Best song and score? Yeah, it won best music and best song. Nice. I was When I was researching this, the Oscars were way more fun back in the day. They were. They just had really simplistic categories. I mean, there's a best music and a best song. Um, and then I think there was even a best score. So that was... There was one called Best Story. What? It's like, they should bring Best Story back. I don't know what that means. It's not screenwriting. I guess it's just, I like this plot. I enjoyed this. Yeah, this was fun. Um, and then it was nominated for best picture back then they called it outstanding production okay it wasn't Ooh. called best picture at the time it was just called outstanding production gone with the wind one so it's, it's a tough year to be pitted against gone with the wind yeah then i think mr smith goes to washington was also that year maybe or something like that yeah um and then i, I was looking at him and i recognized a few and there back then you didn't have to have five like there was like 10 nominees yeah for outstanding production um and we've come per- full circle we're back to just whatever um, so this was directed by a guy named Victor Fleming, but also a guy named George Cukor, Mervyn Leroy, Norman Torog, Richard Thorpe, and King Vidor. These are all different people, not yeah. one person with different aliases? No, this is, this, this had so many directors. Right. I think five credited directors. Mm-hmm. What I found on like Roger Ebert's site, a really small breakdown of it, he said Richard Thorpe was the original director. He was fired after 12 days. Because he's an idiot. None oh. of this stuff's in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he wanted Dorothy to have a blonde wig and wear like ridiculous baby doll makeup. Oh. That's where George Cukor comes in. He's hired long enough, three days, to take all that stuff right off of Dorothy. He's like, yeah, screw so, this. It's like, so you're not going to wear the blonde wig um, or any of that makeup. Judy, you're beautiful. Let's 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 show that. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's own that. Um, and then Victor Fleming came in, did a bulk of the movie, but then guess what? This is the day when studios owned you. You're right. Like mm-hmm. they, they, and you were traded like basketball teams. Exactly. You know, like, so Victor Fleming just got reassigned to Gone with the Wind. 
So oh. he actually directed two of the biggest outstanding movies predictions. Yeah. And uh, he won one. Uh, that's cool. So he, he got sent to Gone with the Wind, and that's when King Vidor came in and pretty much did the Munchkin sequences. What a name, though. King Vidor? You were destined for greatness. Oh, wow. That sounds like a Harry Potter villain, King Vidor. Um, so uh, it's based on the books and stories of L. Frank Baum, and uh, there was about some... Like something like nineteen odd writers credited for this movie. Yeah, or a like, lot of them weren't credited, but like apparently a lot of people just pitched in on this. They pitched in, and even like the the actors, like this that played Scarecrow and Tin Man, they both like wrote a lot of their lines, like at, when they're back in Kansas and stuff. If I had a real time machine, I'd like to just go hang out in nineteen thirties Hollywood and just watch the chaos of just things like pretty much actors were slaves to studios. Yeah, and like if you're on a film set, everyone got to have an idea. It's just like, just speak up. Um, okay, so let me ask you guys this. Do you? In, let's start with you, Allie. Yes. Do you like this movie? I do. Do you enjoy it a lot? Um, I, I appreciate it more than I enjoy it. It's It can be a little long, and it is obvious. I mean, it was made in 1939, so obviously it's a little, it's dated. But I do, I do feel that it still holds up. Oh, yeah. In certain, in certain parts of it. Well, there's a magicalness to it. Like, there's Absolutely. a weird, like, magical nature to the film that's Definitely. allowed it to be... Um, actually, it's considered the most watched film of all time. It's the most. Inf- it's also considered the most influential film of all time. I can I, definitely see that. But apparently, based on how often it gets re-released on like VHS, then DVD, then Blu-ray, and then how often it's syndicated on television, they're like they're saying there's no way it's not the most watched film of all time. So that's like so obviously, Nick. Do you enjoy this film? You know, I hadn't seen it from beginning to end until this week when I watched it again. And yeah, I do. Like like you said, it has a charm about it, and it has th- like that magic that goes on with it. There are some lulls, and that's just a lot of the. I think when they get to Oz, and then when they take too long in Munchkinland, it's when they kind of stop to go. And here's the big dance musical numbers. Completely agree. If it's not like the introduction of each of the characters or Dorothy's um, over the rainbow, you're kind of like, okay, let's get to the next part, please. Well, let me ask you this. You bring me to my next question. Okay. Is this a musical? There's yes. Like, yes. There's musical numbers, but a lot of it's repeated. Like the three, like the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Cowardly, their songs are just the same melody, different words. Over the Rainbow stands out as like a banger song. Yeah. And then it's just we're off to see the wizard over and over and over again. So they did have to edit a lot of the movie out. Like, apparently it was even longer than this, and the studio said, this is ridiculous, you gotta edit, like, and a lot of the music got cut, which is why it does come off as kind of, like, repetitive, and, and like, it's, like, it's a musical, but yeah. it's a really repetitive musical, and it doesn't really feel like, like, a natural musical, where, like, the songs are different, there's a lot of reprisals of things, I mean, other than we're off to see The Wizard over and over again. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what happened with a lot of the editing of this movie is they chopped a lot of the musical numbers out or chopped them down. They also cut out a lot of the uh, Wicked Witch of the West scenes yeah. because they thought it was too scary. Yeah, she was considered too hmm. frightening for 1939, despite the fact that uh, Snow White is like two years old at this point. And right. that was way scarier. Well, Snow way White scarier. actually is what inspired them to make uh, this one because they realized that people actually will watch fantasy films and stuff yeah 
Okay, so there, this this has managed to exist for eighty years without like a direct remake, like a direct Hollywood remake. We have not gotten a The Wonderful Wizard of Oz reboot, but there is a butt ton of Oz Spin-offs, adjacent sequels. films. Like, okay, so nineteen eighty five. The year before we're working in had returned to Oz. I watched that. That is pure nightmare super fuel. Super weird, that super is, crazy. That is terrifying. Yeah. I had it on today while I was like working on this outline. I was like, this is just nightmarish. And I remember it as a kid, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I never finished it. I It was always on Disney Channel, and I would start it. And about the point when they were leaving the lady with all the severed heads, yeah, that's when what? I had to go do something or leave. Yeah, yeah, no, go I've watch never, it. Please I've go never watch seen it. it. I want to see you live tweet this, Ali. Oh, I don't know no. if Tim Burton worked on this, but he definitely stole from it. Yeah. Essentially, Jack the Pumpkin King is in the um, Return to Oz. He, he walked... He, I remember I remember there was a jack-o'-lantern character and I was like, I bet his name's Jack. And of course they're like, it's Jack. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, did you know that there's a 1979 movie called Oz and it's an Australian rock opera? What? what? That on, sounds amazing. It's on my to like watch list. Okay. I'm going to locate it. Because right. I didn't know about it until today. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Okay, so, and then, like, let's talk about the many things that have visited Oz. Um, obviously, they've made this an animated, they've made animated Tons of animated of, cartoons. The uh, Muppets did it. Tom and Jerry have uh, uh, a Wizard of Oz yeah. movie yeah, yeah. or two. The Muppets have gone. Alf has gone to Alf. the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice on his cartoon had a Wizard of Oz episode. Hello Kitty, Futurama, that 70s show, SpongeBob SquarePants. It's kind of like that one, this, this movie... Willy Wonka and Star Wars. The cartoons will generally make some kind of episode that gears around those three. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, so yeah, like even the Rugrats, Mickey Mouse have gone uh, to Oz at some point. Now, as a kid, I probably watched The Wiz more than I watched The Wizard of Oz. Have y'all ever seen The Wiz? I no. only watched it. I think when we watched it together one time. Aesthetically, it's kind of like. The Return of Oz, like it's very weird, yeah. Like weirdly, like it's because they're they like they've turned Harlem into Oz mm-hmm. to, in a weird way, yeah. And it's a all African American cast. Um, the songs are incredible. Michael Jackson's The Scarecrow, Diana Ross is Dorothy, Richard Pryor's The Wizard. It's 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 a great movie. That sounds amazing. Oh, I own it. If you ever need to borrow it, I will gladly Wiz, borrow it. it on Blu-ray. Okay, so yeah, I, I I loved The Wiz as a kid. Now, there are a... This movie came out in 1939, right? right? Yes. So, there's actually... This almost is a remake. Yes, In a is. weird way. So, this started out, like, in terms of taking Frank L. Baum's books and putting them in, like, entertainment media. In 1902, they were... Um, there was a stage musical. Yeah. That's where it starts. And it was apparently a super successful um, stage musical. Then they turned into radio plays as early as 1908. There was a 15-minute 1910 short, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Right, That's the first time you see that name come out, especially in film. Uh, then there was a movie called The Patchwork Girl of Oz hmm. in 1914. Yeah. Then His Majesty, The Scarecrow of Oz in 1914, oh. which sounds like a cool James well, Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> Your country needs you again, Mr. Scarecrow. The Magic Cloak of Oz. Oh. I have read the synopsis of these movies, and it's like, every once in a while you'll recognize the name, like it'll say Scarecrow, or Tin Man, or Lion, and then it's surrounded by a bunch of names that I guess are from the books. 
Yeah, well, there's... T- how many books are there? I have no idea, but it's, I, I, I'm starting to think it's like a Narnia situation here where it, there's a lot. Because, I mean, it was like Uncle Nick Knock and weird. And like you said, Return of the Oz, it's like mostly other characters. Right, That yeah. they think they pull out of these books. And then in 1925, they made a silent version of Wizard of Oz. Um, and the antagonist in it was called King Cruel. So they're pulling from a lot of the books, but... So you could say that 1939's Wizard of Oz is a remake of earlier IP, but not really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I got you. So, let me ask you guys this. Before you say that, I believe there are 14 Wizard of Oz books. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I have not read those. According to Wikipedia, mainline 14. And there's someone making sure that's real, right? Right, yeah, yeah, sure. They're paying somebody yeah. to go, hey, make sure that there really are. Um, okay, so this movie's super beloved, right? It is It is managed to avoid a direct remake, which is almost impossible this day and age, especially a movie that at one time was considered the most successful film. Um, and it is, like you said, one of the most influential films. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, like the episode prior to this, we talked about them trying to remake Psycho, and maybe there's a, maybe it's a good thing that no one's ever touched the wonderful Wizard of Oz, you know? There's um, been talks of it. I remember a few years back they'd even talked about it, and I think it had the same chorus of no's and boos that Back to the Future got as and well. And like the Princess Bride. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever they talk about it. And maybe so. It's a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 89% audience score. Um, Roger Ebert gave it four stars. It's an 8.0 on IMDb. And it's got a meta score of one hundred out of one hundred. Oh wow! So it's 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 universally beloved, right? And it wasn't so much when it first came out. It was it was successful. People people like to talk about it. People like to talk about it as if it it bombed, but it actually didn't. It it did well, but it I don't think it was. It wasn't until it got put on TV that people started to really jump on the hype train. Forty four million people tuned into its first televised like thing in like the. 40s or 50s yeah. it was televised for the first time like 44 million people turned, tuned in that's crazy and so uh, yeah i think i was reading about it that it, yeah people like to call it a flop when really they said yeah maybe domestically it took some time but apparently internationally people latched onto it right away yeah they were like this is cool so it didn't like lose money okay so now let's talk about the year 1986 we've all already established that i'm alive you guys are not um but you have probably seen quite a few of the notable films of 1986, such as Top Gun, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Platoon, Stand By Me, Big Trouble in Little China, Pretty in Pink, Labyrinth, Hoosiers. Am I saying Hoosiers right? Yeah, Hoosiers. Okay. Um, Star Trek The Voyage Home. Um, Taryn's probably like all in that. Manhunter. Has anybody seen Manhunter? I have not. No, I uh, haven't. It's like apparently a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Oh. It's like Hannibal Lecter. Oh, Lecter's. it's the one with the uh, Michael Cox, Mann's. Brian Cox's uh, is Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, oh. I think maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's the, it's the first on-screen Hannibal Lecter thing, Manhunter. Um, the Great Mouse Detective okay, all right. came out, and I did not realize it was this old. For some reason, I thought it was like 90s. Everybody, yeah, everybody thinks it's like 90 or 91. I'm like, no, man, that's 80s. It makes sense because that's the Renaissance, the early nineties, yeah, yeah. and so. But Technically, the Renaissance starts in eighty nine. So. I think maybe mm-hmm. it's just because when we were little, it took movies way longer to get to us. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. We got it in ninety. Yeah, you know? 
And What's so, this? It's new. And, yes, and, uh, dear. It's new. Please watch it. American Tale, the uh, like the non-Disney animated film of 1986, was an American Tale. Oh. Howard the Duck came out in 1986. It, it did. It, it, did. That, it, it was a movie that uh, came out. And Little Shop of Horrors. And mm. then another movie that came out that... Um, Essentially ruins me having a perfect remake, or not a remake, but a perfect 1986 uh, Wizard of Oz is The Three Amigos. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> yep. the last time I... The fact watched, that Steve Martin is not available for this movie. The Completely agree. The last time I watched Wizard of Oz, I literally paused it, told my wife, because I've made her watch Three Amigos before, and yeah. I was like... Steve Martin should be the Tin Man. Chevy Shea should be the Lion, and uh, Martin Short. Martin Short should be the Scarecrow. This would be perfect. Why didn't this happen? Because Three Amigos happened. Yeah. That's why. And, and so, as soon as I saw Three Amigos '86, is like, well, I, screw this. Um, it's all out the window now. It is. All bets are off. Now I can tell you that 1986 was a banger year for horror films. This okay. is horror. Like, catching some traction here in the 80s. Like, you had Critters, you had Maximum Overdrive, which if you've never seen, it's about like... I haven't seen it. It's about like all machinery on the world coming to life and killing humans. It's based off of a Stephen King short story, and Stephen King directed it. It's the only film he's ever directed, and he was doing tons of cocaine at the time. So it is a wild, wild movie. Emilio Estevez as well. If that doesn't sell this you... This is what he I'm chose in. after St. Elmo's Fire and in, Breakfast, in Breakfast Club. Club. He went to maximum overdrive, <laughs> right? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, The Hitcher, Aliens, uh, oh. the sequel, yeah. uh, The Fly. Which oh, The Fly before. is so good. I need to watch that. Um, the Wraith, the cool movie where Charlie Sheen turns into a, oh. a, a vengeance ghost car <laughs> to so, kill people. It's so bad, but it's so good. <laughs> Allie looks, yeah. Oh, I have to see all of these. There is a movie where Charlie Sheen, he's in the movie for like five minutes. He's just the beginning, gets killed. Then he comes back as a ghost car and kills a bunch of street racers responsible for killing him. That sounds incredible. Then there was Chopping Mall, which is about some security robots in a shopping mall killing people. Henry, portrait of a serial killer, hard to watch. Troll, everyone knows Troll 2, the first Troll came out in 86 this is who we have to blame yeah no it's delightful it's way better oh than is troll it better too. okay it's, good and that's the, it there is a kid in troll named harry potter who becomes a wizard in the movie jk rowling has some Uh-oh. answering to do yeah she totally ripped off the name harry potter from troll um and then friday the 13th the most superior part six jason lives came out in 1986 weirdly nightmare on elm street took that year off so, out of those films, what were you guys like into? All of them? All, yeah, right? They all sound it's pretty actually, amazing. You know, really, when I'm, I, I really wasn't paying complete attention to everything that came out this year. But as you're naming lists, I'm like, seen that, seen that, seen that, seen that. Like, there's been only a handful that I haven't seen. Weirdly, it's almost like the weakest year we've done on the podcast so far in my research. Yeah. But all the movies that were good were fantastic. Right, yeah. Like, there was no middle ground. Yeah, there are a lot of movies that were on there that Colton, my husband, has been trying to get me to watch, and I really, I really just need to s- sit down and watch like them. Like Chopping Mall? Oh, yes. Absolutely. It's a cinephile favorite. He would be totally down to watch that. All right. So, uh, the Oscars that year, right? You had A Room with a View, The Mission, Hannah and Her Sisters, Children of a Lesser God. I've seen none of those, but Platoon won. 
I've seen. I've Platoon. seen Platoon. I've seen Platoon. That's why I want. Yeah. So I have seen. Have you seen any of those other ones? I I haven't seen Platoon, but I had to play a song from Platoon, so I have a hatred for Platoon without even seeing it. Is A Room with a View a James Bond sequel? I don't think so. Okay, it just sounds like one. It kind of does. I can see that. Kind of like Our Majesty's Scarecrow Secret Service or whatever that other one was. <laughs> um, so we are doing Wizard of Oz. It's a classic. And it, it, the reason we're doing this one is because, oddly, it's the only version of this film we have to like kind of play with. It's existed 80 years without directly being remade. And we thought it'd be fun to reimagine this. With a new cast. With an 80s shine. Yeah, <laughs> put an 80s polish on it. <laughs> right. And that's, the, and that's why we chose the 80s. There's this color and decadence of the 80s that seems fitting for The Wizard of Oz. You mean you have Little Shop of Horrors, this phenomenal musical coming out, mm-hmm. and then you have Labyrinth, which is like, this is the perfect aesthetic for a Wizard of it's, Oz it's movie. O- yeah, it's almost I like, that. as I was thinking about it, like Labyrinth itself feels like an Oz of the 80s. It, it did better than Return of the Oz. Yeah, oh, being, oh, 100% agree. Yeah. being Oz-ish, you know. So it felt it's appropriate. because Jim Henson is magical. He is magical. He is. And David Bowie. It, yes. <laughs> that's a duo right there. Um, and so that that's what you have. You have that, and then Return of the Oz, Return of the Oz, it just kind of returned to Oz, just kind of didn't live up to it. It's this off-brand Jim Henson nightmare. Um so let's talk about the real life casting what ifs and trivia of Wizard of Oz 1939. There's a lot. There is a lot of research that went into this because it's an 80 year old movie. Um, obviously, the most um, notable casting thing is well, Scarecrow was originally, Ray Bulger was originally cast as Tin Man, but he lobbied for Scarecrow. So the guy that was originally cast as Scarecrow, Buddy Epson, said, sure, bro. Apparently that's it. Back then you didn't have agents and contracts and things. You just said, want to switch parts? And someone said, cool. Sure. <laughs> like, whatever, just put on what your costume. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, turns out that the original silver paint for the Tin Man was had aluminum dust in it, which uh. coated Buddy Epson's lungs. And then he was also allergic to it at the same time. Oh. So he had this double whammy that uh, tried to kill him. So he gets rushed to the hospital, but it's 1930s Hollywood. Dude, people, we're, we're on a clock here. So they recast him with the guy that plays the Tin Man in the version you see, Jack Haley. And they never told Jack Haley why. He just like, took some dude's job and they didn't say, oh, he almost died. Don't worry. We've By changed, the way. Don't worry. We've changed the paint ingredients. You it, should be fine. We've used the paste this time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You won't inhale it. Yeah. We're using aluminum paste. You're fine. So, um, but some of Buddy Epson's vocals are still in the final film. Interesting. Like in the wonderful Wizard of Oz. That's yeah. him singing. Oh, okay. uh, Does he get credited for it? I doubt it. Oh, it's, man. It's old Hollywood. It's yeah, old it's, Hollywood. It's, yeah. It's you're, terrible. You're lucky if you get credited at all, because yeah. sweetheart. No kidding. Yeah, no lie. If you look at the the screenwriters listed on this, half of it just says uncredited, uncredited, uncredited. So, um, aside from uh, Epson's reaction to the silver paint, um, uh, Bulger, the scarecrow, would also have marks on his face for about over a year from the prosthetics. After they finished filming. Oh yeah. my God. Like he still had like some of the, like you can see the patchwork and stuff still on his face from the prosthetics. Um, yeah, right? That's and terrible. Bert Lars lion costume weighed about 90 pounds, was usually soaked in sweat at the end of every day, and was said by the crew to have smelled 
awful. He also a lot of them couldn't eat during the day because of their makeup and prosthetics, so they would have to like be on a liquid diet. Oh wow! Well, that happened, and then they also weren't allowed to. Again, this is old Hollywood, so there was like a cafeteria. So everything being filmed in this area, everyone cast and crew just ate in the cafeteria. You know, it was it was very old school. But they weren't allowed to eat there because they freaked everyone out. They, like, the costumes and stuff, they were like, was off-putting to people. So they had to eat in their trailers. They weren't allowed to talk to people. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the lion's costume also made from, like, real lion mm-hmm. fur? Yeah. Yep. That's terrible. I love that it supposedly smelled awful, but it recently sold for, like, 90-something pounds, or, like, 90,000 pounds to a collector. Listen, but- man. <laughs> People love old Hollywood collectible stuff. They really do. It smells like really gross Burt Lahr sweat. The ruby slippers have been stolen multiple times. It's true. It's true. Um, So injuries were rampant in production. Toto the dog was injured. One of the uh, witch guards stepped on him. He was out for two weeks. He almost, I think it almost like, they thought he was going to die. She, she, uh, it was a female dog. Yeah, Terry. Yeah. And so, yeah, Toto was injured for two weeks. Had to bring in some doubles. Margaret Hamilton was famously severely burned. In Second the, and third degree burns. Yeah, during the Munchkinland scene when she throws the red smoke down. Apparently, also in her makeup, there was copper in it that reacts badly to fire. Um, so, yeah, the makeup department really Yeah, she came back and didn't want to do the uh, sky scene when, when, the, when the witch is painting the sky with the smoke signal. Oh, Surrender yeah. Dorothy. And so her double did it. The pipe that she was on that was pretending to be the uh, broomstick exploded on one of the takes and injured the uh extra yeah that's just a cursed roll yeah it's rough um and then many of the flying monkeys injured in the same way their wires were snapping um during the haunted forest scene. this movie was hell on <laughs> earth oh my today. goodness just, just dropping them left and right um and then judy garland said the ruby slippers were very very painful to wear and hated wearing them and there are a couple scenes in the movie if you pause it she's not wearing them so. there's uh you know, you, you we talk about like how magical the movie is and how much work and people put into it, but like it also had very adverse effects on, like you said, like the lady who played the Wicked Witch of the West, uh, and then also you know the, the original Tin Man, but it also affected uh, Judy Garland very heavily. Like, oh yeah, talking Absolutely. about back in the day, you know, when they're kid actors, like they or just teenage actors in general. Like, they would put them on pills to keep them awake and then put them on pills to put them asleep for two hours and then wake them up and just do it. You were just a slave to them. Absolutely. Yeah, there were no child labor laws back then for the uh, Hollywood industry if, if at there's all. A, it's a lot of, there's a lot of dark stories. Like, there's a scene where when the cowardly lion, I think when they're first meeting him or during his uh, King of the Forest song, she couldn't stop laughing just because he's... It's when she slaps him when they first oh. meet him. Yeah. Because you can still see she's kind of holding a laugh in the final. Yeah. She was laughing so much that the director pulled her aside and slaps her yeah. and tells her to get her crap together. That's just terrible. Yeah, slapped a 16-year-old girl. Apparently felt really bad, but still. Come on, bro. Um, and then, uh, just, to, just to clarify, a munchkin did not hang himself. Did not. That was a bird. It's fine. But apparently that rumor in urban legend still goes on. It was a bird? Yeah. They had a lot of I exotic birds yeah, in the background. Look, if you look around when they, like... Uh, um, Meet the Tin Man, that area. There's like two cans and stuff. It's a really bird filled thing. And they've, uh, there's versions where they've highlighted the bird a lot. Mm. And now I think a lot of it, they've just taken it out. A lot oh, of modern, okay. they just They just took the, the bird straight out because of the, the, the rumor. 
Uh, people have obviously like edited in hanging bodies and stuff now, so they just took it out. Uh, as we said earlier, Walt Disney, he wanted to make Wizard of Oz after the success of Snow White, but because Snow White was so successful, it inspired MGM to hold on to the rights and make Wizard of Oz and because they could make it in color. So um, Snow White had a lot to do with that. It was kind of a catch-22 for old Walt there. There were brief talks of working together, though, because apparently Walt did for a while work on a Wizard of Oz, um, and they thought about, let's make it together, a hybrid live-action animated movie. Interesting. That is interesting. I would assume it would be live-action up until Oz, uh, is, is is my... Yes, but of kind course, of like the classic Rock a Doodle or Space Jam or Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, it didn't work out though. Obviously, um, the witch outside. Of, this is interesting. I didn't know this. So when the tornado happens and there's the famous scene of the witch flying outside the window, yeah, that's meant to be the Wicked Witch of the East. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. I, it, when I read that, I was like, it makes sense because mm-hmm. the house is about to fall on her, and we haven't met the Wicked Witch of the West yet. And apparently, if you look at it, the shoes are rubies. Oh. So, Margaret Hamilton did not get credited for playing both, but in the movie, she plays both Wicked Witches. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I never thought about it. I just thought, oh, it's the witch. Um, The ruby slippers are silver in the book. Yep. But apparently, because they were putting so much money into color, they said, make those babies red. We're using Technicolor, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) I like to imagine someone brought silver shoes to them, and the director just slapped them with them them a few times and said, get out of my sight. (laughs) Bring back something more colorful. All right. So, let me ask you this. Have you guys, when you watch it, do you ever feel like there's a weird thing going on between Dorothy and the Scarecrow? Yes. Like yeah. there's like some weird romance going there. Well, they, yeah, I could see that. Well, they bring up at the, at the end when she's like, I'll miss you most of all. Like Family Guy highlighted that once. And it's just like th- this uh, tin man and Caroline are like, wow, <laughs> we're right here. Yeah, because that's the lot. I'll miss you most of all. Well, it's because there is a deleted scene at the beginning of the film in Kansas that implies that they're dating. Uh, Hunk, which is the human counterpart to Scarecrow, yeah. uh, is... He has a scene where he says he's actually going to college, and Dorothy's saying, I'll write you every day. And so it, it is implied that they were romantically linked um, in a deleted scene, which is why you get that weird, wow, I feel like Scarecrow and Dorothy have like some sparks going on. Uh, Pink Floyd has stated that any insinuation that Dark Side of the Moon matches up with Wizard of Oz is pure coincidence. Apparently not planned. That is a coincidence. Yeah. Hmm. Are you sure they weren't hmm. just out of their minds when they watched the movie and just started jamming well, one time? Well, apparently, they, it's almost impossible for them to have had a copy of Wizard of Oz at mm. the time. Okay. So All right. So they, they have that going I for them. I guess that plays out. But it's more fun to imagine they were doing drugs and watching Wizard of Oz. Well, we knew they Absolutely. were doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. It's more fun to just assume they were high and watching it on loop and wrote Dark Side of the Moon. Um, W.C. Fields was the original choice for the wizard. Apparently, he didn't want the part because he thought it was too small of a role, not knowing that the wizard plays about five different roles. Right. Mm -hmm. So, that's what you get, W.C. Fields. Uh, There were rumors Shirley Temple was pursued for Dorothy Mm -hmm. in a really weird, like you said, NBA, like trade Trade. for trade. They were going to give them Clark Gable for a movie. Clark Gable and somebody else for Shirley Temple. Yeah, but it's all kind of rumor. There were some people involved in that trade that supposedly weren't even alive. So Yeah, I think it was like that she passed away or something well they not her Shirley Temple they just I guess no no not Shirley Temple but the the actress that was gonna be in the package with Clark Clark Gable Gable wasn't even alive in like 1939 or something so um who knows 
Uh, but they said the producers thought that Shirley Temple's voice wouldn't have been able to do it anyways. Uh, most of the Munchkins were from Europe and were escaping the Nazis. Because we're in World War II almost right now, Yeah, right? so yeah, Hitler's taken over in 1939, yeah. and things are getting bad, and so apparently this group of performing little people were offered to like go to America perform, and they were like, yes, please. Please get us <laughs> like, out of here. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Unfortunately, they were paid $50. We are not tall, blonde people. Please get us out of yeah. here. So the Munchkins were paid $50 a week for six-day work weeks, and Toto was paid $125 a week. Star. I had heard that before, Six yeah. star. That's Just, a bummer. My gosh. <laughs> like, that is a bummer when you find that out. Um, you're like, oh, wow, the dog's paid, like, over twice as much as me. Fun. Um, Margaret Hamilton was um, awesome. Uh, there's a lot of research on her. She was a teacher before this. Yeah. Huge fan of the books. Yeah. I guess all 14 of them. And she was ecstatic when she found out she was being considered for a role. <laughs> and when she asked uh, her agent what role, or producer, whoever, they said, well, the witch, who else? Most likely because of her hook nose. <laughs> they were pretty much Aww. saying, like, well, duh. Well, that's Hollywood for you. Yeah, yeah it's Hollywood. Then, now, forever. And so, uh, like and like we said, many of her scenes were uh, considered too frightening. Yeah. And apparently she kind of agreed. She wasn't, like, fighting for it. She was like, yeah, I don't want to scare children. And because she, you know, as a teacher, she she was very, after even after the movie for the rest of her life, she was very big on charities for kids and stuff like that. That's awesome. She appeared on Mr. Rogers. Yeah. In costume, just to show kids that witches aren't real, that they're make-believe, and that they're, they're there for, you shouldn't be afraid of them. Oh, that's wonderful. Dor- or, uh, Julie, Judy Garland had a hard time acting afraid of Margaret Hamilton because she was, like, the nicest person on set. Like, they were really close they on set. They were super close. That's precious. There's, there's a story where, apparently, Judy Garland brings a dress to the set to show Margaret Hamilton and says, I'm going to wear this at my graduation later in the year. And then Margaret Hamilton found out that, like, the studio that owned Judy Garland sent her on tour with Mickey Rooney, and she missed her own graduation. She called the head of the studio and, like, totally yelled at him. Like, what are you doing? She's a kid. She was a class act. So, moving on from that. Oh, and she also hated the scene where she had to threaten to drown a dog. Apparently, she really liked animals. Um, That bugged her a lot. Um, A reprise of Over the Rainbow was shot. For yeah. Dorothy when she was trapped in the witch's castle. Okay. Right? It's a reprise of the song. You're going to bring it into the later in the film. She's trapped. Like, all hope is lost. And they said since they had to record it live and while they were filming because the song would take on a different meaning, kind of, and it brought the entire, like, room to tears. Why is that not in the film? Well, I remember watching it this time and hearing uh, the motif from Over yeah, the Rainbow playing. You get it, but I want her in the room making everyone right. cry. It just makes sense it. that it was there. I was like, oh, that's why that's there. You know, it almost wasn't in the movie. What? O- Over the Rainbow. I heard that. They they almost didn't put it in the movie. Could you imagine? Shoot, they won Oscars for it, so yeah, right? That's like one of the most... Another sign that people in Hollywood often don't know what they're doing. Absolutely. They, they thought it would go over kids' heads. They were like, no, nah, that song doesn't make sense. They don't get it's it. It's too boring. Um... There was an early draft that would have Auntie M being a terrible human being who wanted to kill Toto to punish Dorothy, and she would have been the Wicked Witch. Oh. Mm. That was probably the right call. Yeah. So sometimes they do know what they're talking about. That sometimes. would have been... Uh, a sequel was briefly discussed, but it never made past 
being discussed. Well, just because at that point, Judy Garland became she mega famous. She blew mm-hmm. up. And apparently, Margaret Hamilton's like, I don't know if I want to play a witch anymore. I don't want to scare kids. I also don't like the paint. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you set me on fire. Uh, <laughs> Usually not a good reason to redo a, a role. Uh, the Tin Man is incorrect of his description of the Pythagorean Theorem at the end when he gets his diploma. Oh. He's wrong, so the wizard did nothing. So... What he says is incorrect. Um, and then, this is my favorite one. The last one here before we get to the casting. The MGM lion was briefly considered for the role of the cowardly lion. They were going to... Wait. Wait. They were just going the, to have an actor dub the lines and just have the lion, the actual lion, MGM lion, just that roars there. at the beginning of the movies, just following him around. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> The only reason who they didn't do that? it is apparently the actor that they ended up playing the character like came available, which is I mean like. So if he wasn't there, their next best option was a real, real lion. lion on set. As an actor, are you pumped that like you were that in Corey, demand that they're me, like we're Corey, not going to use the real lion? This guy's available. Corey, let me tell you a story about a 1980s movie called Roar. Okay. Oh, they I've heard of this. Actual lions. People were mauled, sent to the hospital, and they just kept on going with it. Because at that point, they're in deep. You just got to see it through. <laughs> you just got to see it through. If this movie wasn't hell enough, you want to throw a lion into it? It's the MGM lion. Surely he was friendly. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. Who knows? Either, either way, Burt Lahr became available, and we're cool. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> okay, so you guys ready to cast The Wizard of Oz as if it were made in 1986? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So, uh... Wait, we didn't ask Jesse if he was ready. Producer Jesse, are you ready? He's ready. Ready. He's, he's ready. Okay, so, uh, as we do here, we are going to recast 1986. What's going to happen is I am the director. I am a time-traveling director or producer, whoever's involved with the casting. Um, and Nick and Allie have made their lists. They have casted uh, The Wizard of Oz in 1986. I will choose who did a better job. I will also weigh in with options maybe they didn't think about. Um, whoever gets the casting gets a point. Yes. And whoever gets the most point at the end wins nothing but bragging rights. Street cred. I'll take it. You get Yeah, you get some serious cinephilic street cred. Sweet, All right. sweet street cred. All right. <laughs> so let's start with Auntie M. Oh, I do want to do one shout out, though. One oh. honorable mention. What? To who? Can we have Danny DeVito be the mayor of Munchkin City? I guess. I mean, I'm I'm fine. With I mean, it. our other options are like Kenny Baker and anybody from the Star Wars films. Yeah. Yeah, there's stuff. I mean, yeah, fine, that's fine. It's another role for him to wear a top hat. There was so. a, there was a famous little person actor in the '80s, I think, named Jack Perkis, who would have been pretty solid at it. Okay, but we can give it to Danny DeVito. That's we can fine. we can include all of them. Yeah, you have to populate an entire city. So I mean, why? Well, that's true. That's true. Um, did you know that there was a Chevy Chase movie in 1980 that the plot is him and Carrie Fisher are in the same hotel as the Munchkins from Wizard of Oz while it's being filmed? What is this called? It's called Under the Rainbow. Oh, I, it's and there's also Nazis involved, which seems inappropriate <laughs> given the history of the Munchkins, but it's a comedy. Um, yeah, so it, it's a weird movie. Chevy Chase, Carrie Fisher. Nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wild. I've Adding seen it to my list. It's weird. Um, I haven't seen it in a while. I need to rewatch it. Okay, so let's start with Auntie M. 
right? She's in the movie for like ten minutes, but she's Annie Anne. Yeah. And I mean, like she like at some point calls to Dorothy, right mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. She sees her. Okay. Cool. Um. And so she's important. We like her. Um. This was the hardest one for me. Was this easy for you guys? It uh kind of at the beginning, but then I just had to kind of. I was trying to look at actresses from pretty much old Hollywood. Same. Yeah. Uh, that, okay. that could get like a little cameo. Oh, hey, remember them? They were cool. Yeah, that well, that was pretty much my mentality as well. Oh, uh, okay, cool. All right, so you're just kind of throwing some uh, sweet um, nostalgia at it. Okay, so let's start with let's start with our first timer, Allie. Who did you cast for Auntie M, the um, matriarch of the Gale family? Well, like I just said, I was looking at old Hollywood just to kind of like Nick said, just kind of do a cameo, like, oh, hey. That person's still here. So You're I, still alive. <laughs> so I decided <laughs> to go with uh, Janet Lee. I thought oh. that would be an interesting little cameo. From Psycho? From Psycho. I thought it would be an interesting little little cameo. How old is she in 86? She is 59 years old. Okay. Oh. And she's a free agent. It's not that old. She was right. in nothing that year. Free agent. Okay. All right. Janet Lee. All right. So... Just a shout out to last week's episode. Yeah, nice. there we go. Yeah, it's all connected. It is. All right, fun. Nick, who did you cast for Auntie M? Um, so I thought about it, and you know, I realized, and I actually read about in the book that she, Dorothy's technically an orphan. Okay. So it's it's never alluded to that Auntie M and Uncle are actually by blood her family. So she could be anybody's like aunt you know kind of thing so i uh-huh. thought maybe a younger person a, sl- a much older person but i went kind of the same traditional route this person was still probably working and got where had roles in later years but i chose uh, julie andrews what do you mean maybe oh. i said that some people might consider them bigger roles oh i was so like I was that's like, what i meant I anyway like, are you did you not research <laughs> i did research Wait, is that i Mary did Poppins? yes yeah oh man Julie Andrews is fantastic. Yeah, Allie, she's yeah. fifty. She's fifty-one yeah. at this time. So no, that's an easy I one like right there. Did, I did for my I, horror-loving heart. You 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 went the right. I tried, route. but but yeah, having Mary Poppins do a cameo right quick. In a she's musical, a gem. She's an absolute. She doesn't gem. get to sing though. Is she the doesn't. Only problem. But well, but still. did she have that surgery where she messed up her vocal cords? She had a surgery. I may have been in the 90s. I can't remember hmm. when it was, but she had vocal surgery, and that's why she can't sing anymore. She really? used to have perfect pitch and everything. Yeah. What a tragedy. Yeah. Is, we've lost a treasure there. The yeah. room just got a little darker and sadder. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm docking you a point for that. <laughs> okay, so Nick won. Allie, negative one. <laughs> okay. I, I, honestly, Julie Andrews was so good. I, I, I brought up, I wrote down Anne Haney. Um, who I can't even tell you what you might know her from. Uh, 98 Psycho, she was the sheriff's wife. Oh, okay. okay. And she was like in Liar Liar, and uh, she's like the secretary in Liar Liar, the older woman secretary. Um, I wrote her down, and then I also like thought about a gender swap for Annie M. So just an Uncle M? An Uncle Henry. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's kind of bad that just... we're casting Auntie M, but we're totally leaving out Uncle Henry. I mean, he's almost unnoticeable for the most part like, yeah i mean still completely it's agree a little it's i mean a you little can... rough but so i gender swapped and i thought about m emmett walsh but he made seven films i mean do you want to add like gene hackman or somebody no i was gonna add m m emmett walsh he's like a great cranky oh, have you ever seen christmas with the cranks yeah oh he's it's been a the long neighbor. time he's like the cranky old man neighbor okay it's been a oh, minute oh yeah it's, it's, been, it's a been a minute uncle m 
So um, he is my favorite old guy character actor. Um, okay, so Auntie M, we are going with Julie Andrews, one point Nick. Yes. Okay, so let's, this is a relatively small cast, so let's jump up to The Wizard. Now, we also have to keep in mind, did you guys consider the fact that almost everyone plays two roles? Yes. Yes. And that the wizard here plays like five. Multiple roles. He is Professor Marvel, he is the gatekeeper, he is a carriage driver, he is the guard, and he is the wizard of Oz. Okay. J- Just to clarify. Yeah, so you, I hope y'all went with someone who's got some range. I w- there will be point deductions if y'all give me nobody. Um, so... Um, Nick, let's start with you on this one. Okay, so you want to look for somebody. I started by looking for like people that have, are older and maybe have been in movies for a while. Okay. But there was one person in particular that can do multiple roles that made it hard to not choose him. The other choices I thought about. So I thought about John Cleese. Okay. Oh. I thought about Vincent Price. Could have been interesting. He, he could. I okay. thought that more to when they were in the throne room, and he's just very much, "I am the great and powerful." So it's that horror kind of thriller. I'm surprised vibe. you're not doing your Nick Grow all bend the rules and say, "I casted two people. I, I casted, casted this. Guy. I casted this guy. I broke all the rules." And Br- Vincent Price is the is the voice. So listen, Nick likes to bend rules. Okay, so who else? If you didn't go with either of them. So I and this I also thought about this person, but it's too similar to their biggest role, Gene Wilder. I thought about. That's a good one. But I feel like it's too it is very similar Willy to Willy Wonka. It is very Willy Wonka. So instead, I went with Robin Williams. Okay. Oh, that's what's he doing this year? He's doing the Best of Times, Club Paradise, and Seize the Day. I should tell you right now that I like the best of times. Well, so you didn't you didn't consider that you didn't consider I, my feelings I didn't, towards I, I, the Kurt Russell Robin Williams movie. Uh-oh. The fact that I've never seen it before, but the fact that Robin Williams and Kurt Russell are in the same I mean, movie should have tipped you off <laughs> that it's I, good. <laughs> Is it? We had a movie it's, with Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone that wasn't good, Corey. It's a it's a football movie. Wait, what? Are you talking about Tango and Cash? No, I'm talking about what movie was it? No, no that's, that's Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. And... I thought like, Tango and Cash is great. That's right. Yeah, no, you're talking about Tequila Sunrise. That's right. Yeah, that did that should that was way better on paper than it turned out to be. Okay, so you went with Robin Williams because he can play multiple roles. He can. Yeah, and All he's right. Robin Williams. I'm digging I mean, it. You're not wrong about that. The, that him, I can see him doing the professor, the gatekeeper, the carriage driver that, for whatever reason, has like a Cockney accent and like the guard. Okay, Allie, where did you land on the Wizard of Oz? So uh, I was really excited about my choice, and then Nick had to just take it down. So I chose <laughs> Gene Wilder. <laughs> I thought that he would be a fantastic. I thought he'd I be mean, a great wizard. It's but, really a one A and one B for me. Well, but but you are correct. It is very similar to Willy Wonka and the so Chocolate just, Factory, and I understand that. I just thought that with all of the different roles within the film, he would just be fantastic. It was tough for I me agree. to choose. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
So, yeah, Nick will do that to you, too. When he goes first, he'll, like, try to say what you're going to say. Intimidating. I was thinking about this person, but, but it's I thought, but, dumb. But that sucks. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. Anybody? Okay, I have some weird. I have some obvious ones, right? I was waiting for one of you to say to Christopher Lloyd. I didn't think of Christopher Lloyd. I didn't Lloyd. either. But if you had, I would have totally called you uninspired and not gone with your choice. Um, he didn't do much in 86, and he would have been a fun wizard, but I feel like it's too on the nose. Um, Robert Prosky, right? Um, he is Last Action Hero, the photo booth projector. Oh, okay. Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah not you, Nick. Not He's me, Nick. Nick, the projectionist in, in that. And okay. Then, uh, so he would, have, he would have been a fun wizard. He's yeah. a character actor, kind okay. of plays those types of roles. And then I did write down John Cleese. I mean, Monty Python fame. The weird thing is he made a movie called Clockwise in 1986, and I read the synopsis, which he is a very overly punctual, rule-following headmaster to British school, and then ends up late to something. A lot of things go wrong, and it sounded Britishly delightful. (laughs) So I was like, I wouldn't have gone with it, even though I've never seen it, because it sounded great. So, But did y'all consider anyone else for Monty Python? I thought about it, but no. You're you're more the Monty Python because uh, the, the one of the lesser known Python guys, Graham Chapman, who died in '89, yeah, would have been a fantastic choice. They all play multiple roles because they're from a sketch comedy, right. you know, mm-hmm. British show. So I was gonna throw that one out there. I did write down Raul Julia. <laughs> Do y'all know who Raul Julia is? No. no, he played M. Bison in the Street Fighter movie. Oh, and he's Gomez Adams. Oh, yeah, oh, as okay. a really left field choice. <laughs> okay, because I think he would have. He would have gone some weird places with it. He would have committed 100%. Okay, so between you guys. Between two of the most beloved actors on earth. You're not going to... Robin Williams or Gene Wilder. Now, these are both good. Y'all are doing good. This is a good week. All right, this is... I'm having having flashbacks of Back to the Future where y'all did really bad. Not you, Allie. Oh, thank you. And someone else. Man, okay, you guys are bringing it. Uh, Okay... I do have to go with Nick. I have to go with Robin Williams only for the multiple role aspect. Okay. That's Because I don't think Gene Wilder would have necessarily been able to... His, his like, weird, like, uh, what would you call it, animated range isn't yeah. necessarily going to uh, fall into playing these other roles as much. But he would have been a perfect Professor Marvel and Wizard. But the fact that the, 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 the role calls him to be these weird other things with all these accents, uh, especially the gatekeeper, that's super fun. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Robin Williams. It's 2-0. Sorry, Allie. Allie's it's okay. never going to be Taking back a on lead this show. in this series. First and only time. Okay, so the only other role that we're going to do outside of our principal cast of the uh, Dorothy, Scarecrow, Tim, and Lion is the Wicked Witch. Of- no, wait, we're doing you Glinda. Forgot, you forgot Glinda. We forgot Glinda. It's because I didn't cast a Glinda. Um, yeah, so she's not on my outline. Okay, Glinda. Allie, I'm going to let you go first on Glinda so Neil doesn't, or so Nick doesn't, you know, ruin your choice. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Because he'll do it. Yeah, he's probably I've learned. Notes. He's probably he probably didn't even write down uh, Gene Wilder. He's probably like just kind of looking over there and he's like, mm, yeah. yeah, Gene Wilder was a good choice, but stupid. He looked at my book before. Listen, he looked at all of my notes. I know nothing. I am not associated with Bill Belichick at all. I'm, I'm kind of like hiding my laptop now. I don't trust Nick. Anyways, okay. 
So Glinda. Glinda, the good witch. The right? good witch. Who's again? As only, far as we know. As allegedly. I hope so. Well, you know. Are any witches good? There's like this weird. Yes. What do they call it? They call it a a plot hole, I guess. Okay. Where uh, people complain that. She shows up at the end and pretty much just says, oh, all you had to do the whole time was click your heels three times. You're like, why didn't you say it in Munchkin She's manipulative. She had an agenda. Why in the world did you not say that when she got the shoes right away? So, but apparently the book, it's because they condensed two characters into Glinda. So it makes sense. Apparently the Glinda in Munchkin Land is supposed to be the good uh, witch of the North. Yes. And doesn't know the power of. Okay. That makes sense. The Glinda that shows up at the end is. uh, The South? Yeah, I guess. South witch? Yeah, I guess. One of them is North and South. Yeah. And one of them, the one that shows up at the end is a different. Right. Got it. But in this movie, they're the same person, and you just, I guess maybe she just thought, well, you go down that road, kill a witch, and then I'll tell you how to do it. So, she yeah, was just trying so. to get rid of the witch competition in uh, Oz. I guess so. so. Playing the chess pieces. So, yeah, so you, I hope you uh, casted someone very manipulative um, and I, horrible. I did not, unfortunately, so now I'm rethinking everything. So, Glenda, my, my thing is, is ever since I was a kid, I always really liked Glenda. I don't know why. I had a little teddy bear that had like iridescent wings and I used to pretend it was a bubble and all of that kind of stuff. I've always had a thing for Glinda. I think she's wonderful. For me, I've always thought she was super graceful. She's very comforting. And so I think that Angela Lansbury would be a good Glinda. Whoa, gauntlet drop. That's a good one. How she old is w- she at She this was time? 61. Okay. And the only thing she was in was Murder, She Wrote. And it's such a small role, what, she could have... But that's a whole season of Murder, She Wrote, God. Well, no, I'm just saying that... that I mean, but that's only like two scenes. That's of... what I'm saying is she's only in about two scenes. It wouldn't take long you're to, kinda to right. film. You're it's right. It's almost a cameo. Yeah, that's like... I get what you're saying. She could film that all like in a week. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll allow it. Thank you. I'll allow it. Because the, the thing about uh, watch, I mean, you can cast whoever you want. You would have just ruined a lot of like eighty-year-olds, like right now, absolutely. Listen to this podcast, yeah, like all of them. No. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next, she's gonna cast Andy Griffith, and we're gonna lose Matlock. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I'll allow it. She can do Murder She Wrote. You can do the opening and closing segments and still be Glenda. So, Nick, the bar's kind of high right it now. It is high. I didn't and consider it. The thing about Glenda, too, is that the original actress that played her, uh, her name was Billy Burke. She was actually 50. That is such a cool name. Yeah. It sounds like she's a bouncer at Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so Billy Burke, <laughs> she was uh, 54, and Margaret Hamilton was actually younger than her. Oh, like her. by a lot, wasn't yeah. it? Like, like mm-hmm. 10 years or something? Yeah, so age isn't necessarily a thing um, with this role. I, I think they were wanting... I think. Billy Burke was obviously very good looking at her age too. I don't know Angela Lansbury in the eighties other than Murder She Wrote. Hot, she hot. was hot. Okay, I'll take your word on it. <laughs> your word's not mine. <laughs> so, um, but she, uh, Billy Burke also was an Oscar nominee. Oh, really? Several uh, pre previous to this for what film? It was for uh, Merrily We Live. Okay, back in thirty eight. So a year oh, a year, year off of uh, an Oscar nomination. Oh, nice. So I went with, and this is this might seem a bit uh, on the nose, but I thought of, okay, Oscar kind of winner, attractive female that can do the kind of very, uh, how would you describe her? Just very, oh, hello. Uh, 
kind of oh graceful yeah, yeah graceful. she was very graceful um i went i, I thought again cory's gonna laugh i thought about beverly d'angelo oh why <laughs> you have oh. such a crush <laughs> on have, beverly d'angelo who doesn't why not I, she's right? a babe. It's not exactly. my thing. I don't know why. To me, she's Mrs. Griswold. She's mom. Okay. All right. Okay. So I also thought about Jessica Lange. I okay. I uh, Lange, considered Lange, her. Lange, I think it's. Lange? I'm not sure. That's actually a good one. Um, but I went with Meryl Streep. Yeah, you blew it. You should have stuck with Jessica Lange. She's in a movie called Heartburn with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, which is pretty good. Is it? It's okay. I've it's never heard like, of it. It's not. It's not like the top. It, for considering it looks you, like a really boring movie. I okay. watched the trailer. It's a good movie, but it's not what you would expect from Jack Nicholson. It's not what you expect from Mister and Mrs. Oscar. It's to literally be in the same. Movie. It's just literally a lighthearted version of Revolutionary Road. Yeah. Instead of like a lot of like drama and them hating each other, it's like we were never gonna get married, and I well, we're just gonna figure it out as we go. Which I I like it. Maybe it's just because I'm a fan of both of them. But yeah. it's definitely that you got Mr. and Mrs. Oscar in the same movie and it didn't necessarily like click yeah. like it should have. It, just because he was throwing Oscars in your face, Angela Lansbury is nominated for three. I'm just going to throw that I out I didn't there. know that. So, so there you go. Thank you, Corey. Okay. I am going with Angela Lansbury because... As she should probably should. One, she's a babe. Mm. Two, she, she's... She's like your grandma. She's so like she really is. Like Nick's grandma, you know, like or Allie's grandma or my grandma. You know, like she just kinda wanna run up to her and hug her. Yes, you know? absolutely. It's like, oh, please love me. Um, which is Glenda. Glenda's Bake me a, cookies, please. <laughs> Glenda's meant to be comforting. Exactly. You know? I mean, A, there's a scary witch, now there's a comforting witch who wears pink, a crown, and floats around in a bubble. And so it's nice. So I yeah, I'm going with Angela Linsbury there. Fair cool enough. deal. Fair enough. I'll take it. Allie's Thank you. on the board. I'm I'm here. Okay. So moving on to the Wicked Witch of the West, right? Okay. Yes. Slash Miss Gulch, her human counterpart, um, who is uh, apparently just a really <clears throat> dog-hating woman. Um, and so, Allie, I'm going to start with you again because I feel like Nick's going to go some places. With yeah. Wicked, Wicked, I just have a feeling. I have a feeling. Sure. Yeah, I'm not very confident in mine, so I'm perfectly fine with this. Yeah, let's 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 go with you. I actually wrote down a lot for Wicked Witch of the West. I had a lot of trouble with this one for some reason. I could not find somebody who I felt emulated the Wicked Witch of the West. I got a really good one that did nothing in 1986, so I'm I'm curious. Corey might get a point on this round. Yeah. Okay. So y'all, none of neither of you are confident. <clears throat> got it. It just seemed like there was a a I I couldn't find a lot of character actresses mm-hmm. i have one that, that were older you know what i someone should go ahead and give me the point i got one that's just off the charts okay well okay l- l- me and Allie will try we'll try then... our best all right all right Allie. let's who is your wicked witch of the west so first off i was gonna go with angelica is it huston houston houston, houston. Yeah. but she won an oscar that year for priz prizzy's honor Prizzy's yes. honor and i was like oh no but she's insanely talented and i also find her really intimidating in a good way if that's mm-hmm. possible but and i figured i'm witches which is 
terrifying. Oh, see, I didn't. It, she I didn't realize a great that. Witch. Well, I'm very happy I didn't. Choose Have you that seen then. witches? I haven't. From 1990, it's no witches. It's a it's it's a based off of a it's a, the guy that wrote Willy Wonka, Roald Dahl book. Okay. It's a kids movie. Oh, that's absolutely terrifying. Is it's based off of a book? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read the book when it's I was like a kid. He and his grandma go somewhere and like there's a conference of witches. Yeah. And they turn into a mouse and they're horrific looking. Yeah. It's, it's like back when they didn't know like apparently in 1939 when they knew the bounds the, like the boundaries for kids and witches. Yeah. 1990 they threw that out the window. Oh. It was terrible. I still I'm have to watch that. As a kid. I need maybe I should approach that fear but that's I like Angelica Houston but yeah I don't no, don't I'm not going to take her Oscar away from her. That's not fair. Yeah, that would be a real Nick move. So, so. Let it be my, let it be known that I have not taken anyone's Oscars away from them. <laughs> he almost took one from Jamie Lee Curtis once. Or not an Oscar nomination, but a Golden Globe. Oh. That's different. Those are like, those are like participation awards. <laughs> Nick's words, not mine. So, for The Wicked Witch... Um, this was her first year of acting. She was only 20, so she was really young, but I think we could age her up. Yeah, it's, it's the age. You can put some prosthetics yeah. on her. Tim we've, Curry's the devil. Yeah, I mean. we've made, John Carpenter's made the thing by now. There's, there's, there's no rules anymore. Exactly. So, I think that Helena Bonham Carter would have been a really good Wicked Witch. Hmm. Oh, I get it. She's 20. Okay. She's only 20. That was her first year of acting, and she was in a movie called Lady Jane. Yes. But you could, we could age her up. I think that she's pretty solid. She'd be a great Wicked Witch. I think she'd be a good Wicked Witch, but. That's the Carrie Elvis movie? I'm Lady uh, Jane, I think. I, I think, think so. so. It's like a period piece. Is it? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I, I but she didn't have a large her, yeah. role, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong okay. about that, though. All right. I'm okay with it. So, it's funny earlier that you mentioned she hates dogs. Okay. I didn't think about that when I chose this person. It's funnier when you think about it in terms of the 90s, but I chose Glenn Close. <laughs> Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille. You chose Cruella DeVille. A year before her big turn in Fatal Attraction. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay. I, you know, I didn't write Glenn Close down. She is a free agent, too. So. I'm digging that. She crossed my mind. I didn't write her down. Let me go through what I wrote down right quick. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work my way up to the one that's going to get this point. Um, so... Uh, I did write down some, like, I think I wrote down Jamie Lee Curtis because she was in a short in a TV movie. I don't know if she'd be a good Wicked Witch of the West, but she's, she, she's a name at this point. She's coming out of horror. I feel like she's coming you out of need horror, a character right? actress. And so... And I worry if she can... What yeah, her range is. That is, is, is this is the, the least impressive thing I wrote down. I wrote down Adrian Barbeau, which y'all may not know her. Um, she she's John Carpenter's wife or was um, she was in like Swamp Thing and a lot of his movies like The Fog and and, and stuff like that. She's a really good character actress and she kind of looks mean. A- Adria Adrian Adrian Barbo, um, Mrs. John Carpenter, um, and she's still acting. And uh, so um, I wrote her down because she is kind of a character actress. She was in Creep Show. Have you ever seen Creep Show? Nick, does that oh. ever make you watch Creep Show? No. Creep Show is so good. You she have to watch she it. She plays the mean wife. Okay. Okay. See, you got her. Yeah. yeah. I know who you're talking Allie about. Allie gets it. Just go off Allie's reaction. Nick. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Act impressed. That's pretty oh. solid. All right. I also thought about Kathy Bates, who hits the trifecta of caveats in 1986. She's in a TV movie, uh, one episode of something, and she does a cameo in something. All the things yeah, that's so right under the radar. Yeah. 
Kathy Bates, I feel like, would have been a decent Wicked Witch. I also wrote down Jane Fonda because she's intimidating. She mm. was in a movie, though, that looked kind of like it might have been important to her career. Lily Tomlin. Oh. Lily what do Tom- I know her in? Lily Tomlin, uh, 9 to 5. She's in a show right now called Gracie and Jackie with Jane Fonda. Okay. Um, and uh, I th- she w- she's kind of a character actress. She's very big. She's very animated. Kind of a comedian. Um, okay. Now, here's my last two. One, I gender-bended. Okay. Because I'm thinking it's 1986. We're watching David Bowie nail it as a male witch, essentially. Uh, yeah. Sting. <laughs> we take the basis from the police, who's already oozed sex in Dune, and make so, him... Hel- he looks like a so boy So basically, witch. we're going, well, they got David Bowie. We could do one better. We can get Sting. <laughs> exactly. And he could be a great... I'm not painting him green, though. He's just going to be a sexy boy witch like David Bowie is. <laughs> so right? we're just going to insert a lot of sexuality into our Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes, oh we are. I mean, we, it's the 80s. We are. Now, because the best part of Labyrinth is this weird, uncomfortable sexual tension between the older male witch and the young girl. And so, <laughs> it's. I, I'm just saying, it could be there. It could just be there. Maybe he wants the shoes, too. He's an effeminate male witch. Okay, so here's the one that... Is, is got to take this because both y'all did bad. No offense. Liza Minnelli. How dare you? Dorothy's daughter. Oh. She's acted. She's been in Cabaret, New York, New York, and Arthur at this time. She is a name. Yes. And she's doing nothing in 1986. Except Ooh. Broadway stuff. That's fine. That's, there's a right. caveat there's no to rules. that. There's no rules, yeah. Okay. Because everybody wants to be in movies anyway. Yeah. Liza Minnelli. As the Wicked Witch of the West. That's solid. I can see it. I, I'm trying to think of what she's been in that I've actually seen that when she isn't just playing Liza Minnelli. She does get it. Cabaret's fantastic. Okay. New York, New York's fantastic. Arthur, she it's kind of weird. Yeah. So, because she's with Dudley Moore, who's trying to play like a, an attractive man. Okay. So, yeah, y'all both have to agree. That's the only way I can get this point. I just want to throw one name out there. Not it's going to beat you, but just... Oh, yeah. It, it, no, no, when I wrote Liza Minnelli down, I laughed maniacally in my house. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did just think of, just for fun, and you can just shoot this down immediately, but fun to think about was Talia Shire. Don't know the name. You know Adrian from Rocky and the Godfather series. Does she have the chops to go bad guy? That's the thing. She's so timid. Right. Yeah, I don't know. She'd be interesting. She'd be interesting. I mean, yeah. she'd be kind of like Lily Tomlin. But again, I don't know if she has the chops to be a bad guy. Right. Again, I don't think anything's beating what you've just yeah, placed yeah. out of your hat. That's a, yeah, that was an A-bomb. Liza Minnelli, point, director. Someone write that down. I'm writing it down. I'm going to try and win. <laughs> All right. At that point, I, I feel like there's just... Because we always try to like find a way to sneak in some connection to the original movie. Yeah, and Liza Minnelli's perfect. I, listen, in my version, I'm giving the witch a song, all right? Liza Minnelli's going to belt it out. She's going to do the Over the Rainbow reprise, right? Okay, so now we're moving on, after I've snuck in a point, to part, the principal Part cast. of the course so far. Yeah, so y'all, y'all, are doing, y'all are doing good, though, but I had to sneak one in. So, the principal cast, where do y'all want to start with that? Let's, stay, let's save Scarecrow and Dorothy for last. So you want to do Cowardly Lion? Let's do Cowardly Lion or Zeke, his human counterpart. I will let Ali go first. 
Not because I have that's a, a scary not sign. because I am certain, because I have two options, and I can't choose between them. Oh, he's oh, stalling. He's, he's stalling. stalling. That's okay. all it is. All right. right. Well, I'll go right. first then. Okay. So the cowardly lion, right? A pretty comedic role, kind of an animated role. Very, um, very, yeah. very like uh, out there. Um, man, Bert Lahr nailed it. He's really good. He's he was very a good. Vaudevillian and a Broadway. A lot of the actors for the these three roles of the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and him, they were all silent film actors, but yeah. also Broadway and stuff. So, yeah, for sure. He, I, I love the cowardly lion. That guy did amazing. So let's let's hear it, Allie. Who did you cast or think about for the cowardly lion so like you said the cowardly lion is very animated in everything that he does he's i i think this person that he has a theater background and i think he could do all of the weird quirks that the lion does and it is tim curry i didn't think about tim curry <laughs> why didn't i think about tim curry oh. <laughs> How did you not? Tim How Curry did I not the, think about Tim Curry? I wrote him down at the top of my list. <laughs> did you? Here's the problem. He's in The Worst Witch in he's, 1986. Yeah, but it's a TV movie. You're, oh, it is a TV oh, movie. It's a TV give, movie. I looked crap. it up. It's a TV movie. Yeah. Oh, Allie, I don't know if you can be beaten. <laughs> oh. I think you would be perfect. Because I, I wrote Tim Curry down, but with a question mark, because I love oh, The no. Worst oh. Witch. It's a TV movie, though. It You're counts. right. They it's can make Disney it another channel. year. It's fine. Oh, it'd be so good. I was I rewatched The Wizard of Oz today, and as I was watching oh The Cowardly Lion, I was like, Oh my goodness, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry would be perfect. Oh my gosh, Nick, are you just succeeding defeat? No, I'm gonna. Are you gonna name fight mine. for it? I'm gonna fight for it, but like, <laughs> I'm so. Well, th- here's the problem with this year: is that it's surprisingly a lot of actors that we all love are available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had this list of like six guys, and I was just like, okay, he can play. But then I, but where does this person go? So like, it, and then and this was my problem leading up to today was this role. I was like, I don't know who to choose between these two people. One is mega popular at this point; they're on top of the planet. The other one is a character actor we all love that uh, we that his life was cut too short too soon in the nineties. I wrote him down. Oh. I wrote him down. So I'm just going to say the two, because they're the only two that I have right now, is John Candy mm-hmm. and Eddie Murphy. Interesting. I did Ooh. not write Eddie Murphy down. I, was, I wrote him somewhere else. Okay. But I didn't write him down for Cowardly Well, Life. I could see him, because the thing, too, is, is that we're thinking about this. Like you said, it's a musical. So I'm sitting there going, like, who can sing? And... <gasps> okay, I'll, I'll mention that in a second. <laughs> Jesse just showed us something. It's, Nick, Jesse's trying to cheat. He's for... trying to cheat for all of us. Producer but, uh, Jesse weighing in with some good options here. Okay. Are you saying, okay, so we're just going to talk about it. Jesse just brought up Mel Brooks as a human being that exists at this time. Ooh. Are you saying him as the cowardly lion? Yeah. Okay, because he could also be the wizard. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have ah, been a good he choice. Been a good one. That would have been a good one. Man, though, but he would have been a good cowardly lion. He'd been a cowardly lion, too, yeah. Well done, Jesse. Keep that, s- sidebar that for a second. I wonder if the producer can get a point. <laughs> he just Jesse is hoping and praying. So yeah, Eddie Murphy. I think what what I was saying was people are musical affluent, but there's you don't really. I was trying to see like can they sing? I, every time I looked up an actor or actress, I'd be like looking for like a moment where they sang in a movie or something, and it was really hard to find anything. So a lot of these actors, I feel like are gonna have to like character sing. 
Which is a lot of this. Yeah. It really is. Because I, I thought about the music stuff, too. And I thought I thought I thought I lean more towards can they dance more than can they sing because none of the singing's hard except for over the rainbow. Yeah, but like the 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 scarecrow Tim Man songs, they're well, pretty basic you know, melody ish. And yeah, I mean the the original actor that played the cowardly lion, Bert Lar, uh, Bert Lar, he was known for his singing and stuff, uh-huh. and that's why he got two songs. Yeah, and so I was thinking of King of the Forest too. I think John Candy and Eddie Murphy both could do it because yeah. I know we know Eddie Murphy can sing because of uh, Party All the Time. Party All the Time, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a banger song. Yeah, but uh, John Candy would probably just you know ham it up. As... Yeah. But Tim Curry can also sing. <laughs> can sing <laughs> can like sing. a champ. Can Mel Brooks sing? Probably not. Okay, uh, yeah. that might have disqualified you. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. The producer tried to sneak in a point. A good one, though. Yeah, that's excellent. All. Oh, excellent point. If yeah. you had brought that up for the wizard, oh, that would have been I hard. I might have gone with yours. Yeah, honestly, I would have because I was torn, and <laughs> you would have just made it easier. <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, so, so yeah, those are my two. But, but but like, are you gonna pick one? You can't just throw two in the. Oh, well, you my are heart going against says, Tim Curry. My heart says John Candy. Listen, I'll yeah. t- listen. Let me just put it this way. Let me go through mine. Uh, here I, I did write down John Candy. Okay. Um, he was an armed and dangerous, which I think is his Eugene Levy comedy that I don't care yeah. that much about. Yeah. Um, and he also had a cameo in Little Shop. Uh, Michael McKean, who is the uh, lead singer in uh the, for Spinal Tap. Okay. He he's oh, also okay. he can sing. He's kind of got a, a, a lionish looking face, and he's he's a, he's a, he's comedic. Um, but he's also. I did think, you also think of the member from Kiss? Uh, Paul Stanley. Yeah. That would have been a good one, Paul but it, he does have an acting credit. I mean, he paints himself as a cat. Oh, you're talking about Peter Chris? That one, yeah, yeah. He sings too, actually, okay. really well. And they both had acting credits because Kiss meets the Phantom at this that's point had already come out. <laughs> I didn't even consider that's that. That's just a joke, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Gene Simmons is acting now. Did he, any, either of you consider Gene Simmons? Not no. for uh, not the for the actual lion? casting. He's huge, and yeah. he's got lion. He's jolly. He's got a lion face. He made, um, but he's not beating John Candy or Tim. Curry. He made a movie with John Stamos this year where he plays a transvestite, though. So I'm not taking him out of that. That's it's like I'm, Never Too Young to Die. Okay. If you ever want, if you want to put that on your watch list, it's a maybe. It's a watch. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> Tim Curry. Okay, I did write Tim Curry down. I wrote John Candy down, and then I also wrote Bill Murray down. Yep. He's on my list of actors. Uh, I had him down. I wrote him down for two parts, but I did have him down for the Cowardly Lion because of like I think I can just see him rolling the R's during the song, the King of the Forest song. Did either of you consider Meatloaf? No, no, I did not. Because Meatloaf would have been a good one. That would have been a good he one. He is acting at this point. Rocky Horror Picture Show's happened. He's in a movie mm-hmm. this year, actually, called Out of Bounds, which is like Anthony Michael Hall trying to do an action movie. That's it, right. It, oh. Yeah. I, it didn't I work. Did, for oh. some reason, I looked up Meatloaf, and I remember that. But I don't remember. I don't know why I didn't write him down for The Cowardly Lion. Because you were so confident think about John it. Candy until she I dropped the chinkers. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to let you throw Eddie Murphy and John Candy out, and they're both still losing to Tim Curry. I mean... The You're fact, not wrong. The fact that Allie has has put it out there and reminded me that The Worst Witch is technically a TV film. It, he can do both. I, it, Tim Gurry is the Cowardly Lion, and it's perfect. It's, uh, it's uh, I was pretty proud of that one. This cast is looking solid. 
this is I'm I'm just still upset that I didn't think of Tim Curry <laughs> at yeah. all Come in on, any Nick. of these roles. Nick's gonna like rage play now. <laughs> He's not gonna have any more fun during this. He's just gonna try to win. <laughs> all right, it's time to get serious, <laughs> Allie. It's two, two, one. All the jokes are gone. He's just mad. <laughs> all right. It's like when someone scores one point on the Harlem Globetrotters and they just start playing for real. All right. So um, let's go to the Tin Man. Uh, Nick, you want to go first after that humiliating defeat? <laughs> let's see here. So Tin Man, played by Jack Haley. Yeah. What went into your thought for Tin Man? So I was trying to think. There's, a, again, that list of actors that I had, but I was also trying to think of, like, the Tin Man from there. Jack Haley played this very sensitive character, uh, higher-pitched voice. That's uh, what got me, the higher pitch. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I, I could think of and actors I, that could sing, but they were all kind of a lower register. Yeah, and I, and I didn't think so much about the singing. I thought about, like, the actual portrayal of the character. Because the lion and scarecrow, to a degree, can be can kind of get away with, like, comedic type actors playing just themselves to a degree or playing, you know. There's a more endearing childlike yeah, almost yeah. to the Tin mm-hmm. Man. So, I had a hard time with this. And the only, and some of the names I thought of were Patrick Stewart, but he's low-voiced. Yes. Okay. Um, I believe this is right around when he's about to become uh, Picard, too, or if he already is. I don't know if he is or not. We might be like a year off from Picard. I think I wrote it down. No, I didn't. But he's doing like TV and stuff. So he isn't quite blown up yet. Um, I thought about Jeff Goldblum, but The Fly was a thing. Yeah, don't mess with The Fly. No. John Cusack. But he's also doing Stand By Me. And Oh, I, yeah. So. Is that less than five minutes? It's probably less than five minutes. Yeah. He's with the bully, right? He's in the gang? No, he's he's the dead brother. Is he the dead brother? Yeah. Oh. He's, he's Will Wheaton's dead older brother. So he's only in like I mean, he's two dead too. Scenes. He just shows up and he just lies there. So. He's like in the he's like in the scene where they I were at dinner. I forgot that they had him. Well, so he's he's actually alive in the movie. Yeah, there's like flashbacks where okay. he's like uh, trying did to stand sh- up for Will Wheaton. Did they show dad. the dead body? Well, he's not the dead body. Okay, but did they show a dead yeah, body? Yeah, they show a dead body. That's the whole point of Stand By Me. They well, I mean, go I know to they see find a dead, a dead body. body, but yeah. yeah. Okay. No, his uh, brother died in a car accident. Okay. And now his parents are like, kind of treat Will Wheaton as like, it, it, it should have been you, kid. Got it. Because they were more proud of the older brother. Okay. So. Uh, Rutger Hauer. Oh, I love Rutger Hauer. But he's doing The Witch, The Hitcher. This. Yeah, no, and the Hitcher's fantastic. That's so, like my favorite Rutger Hauer movie. And then I also, I went musically, and I thought about, like, Boy George. But does he act? Is he Not a, really. Okay, it's, well a then, lot of, it's a lot of him showing up being Boy George. Yeah, no. He did some writing and stuff later. Um, I thought about Prince. Boy George kind of looks like Tin Man, but I'm not allowing it. I thought about Prince. Prince? I knew you were going to try and cram Prince into this somewhere. I was like, at some point, we're 86, Purple Rain's a thing, so he counts. Under the Cherry Moon is a movie he's directing and acting in this year. So I don't think you're going to convince Prince to not do that. Hey, we have a t- we can kidnap him in our time machine. <laughs> we can tell him, hey, this isn't going to work out. This is not Purple Rain 2. So, so then I, I thought about a character actor, Dustin Hoffman, fresh off of Rain Man. He would have been a good cowardly line. I don't know about the. I I ended up with Tom Hanks. Did I write down Tom Hanks? I did not write Tom Tom Hanks. That's a good one. That is a good one. He's doing two comedies that 
aren't very well known. This is well, uh, this is the transition whoa. period between. He made, he made three movies. He made the Money Pit, which is that is the only thing that I think Tom Hanks aficionados would be mad at you for. Okay, and nothing in common. Yeah, and there was something else. There, I, I believe nothing in common was the one. No, no, it's like with Jackie Gleason. Yeah, it's his, Jackie Gleason's last role. Yeah. So this is also the trans. Like this is kind of the period where he's switching from like teen and R-rated comedies yeah. and actually doing other stuff like mm-hmm. taking on more like serious roles so, yeah he's he's right about to hit big yeah so so you're ta- you're, you're kind of like pulling him out of that to be like we want you to play not so much a comedic character but an endearing character, an endearing character. when you kind of describe the tin man it is almost tom hanks ish kind of yeah i also thought about tom hanks for the scarecrow too though i think i wrote him down for the scarecrow i didn't i should have considered him for tin man because it kind of makes more sense as the tin man either either way really does he sing? The Tin Man? I don't know. I don't know. Tom if, Hanks? I don't know. That's what I don't know. Again, I didn't think of the singing as much. Just because yeah. I feel like someone could learn of, those, those songs. Lo- if The Rock can learn to sing You're Welcome for a Disney movie, I feel like a yeah, lot the, of these the actors can. sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Allie, Tom Hanks has been cast. Yes. So Where did you go for The Tin Man? I decided I went completely different. Cool. Because I was thinking, I was thinking stature because the Tin Man, from what I remember, is a little bit taller than everybody. Well, he's got a funnel for a head. He's got a funnel. Well, yeah, but even without the funnel, I imagine he's... I think he is a little taller. He's a little taller than everybody. I decided to do a gender swap. Oh! So, I Okay, so again, this is completely out of left field, and I completely understand if Tom Hanks wins, but... It was her first year of acting. She was 26 years old, but I mean, she's going to be covered in hopefully not aluminum paint or anything like that. But I was thinking Tilda Swinton as Tin Man. So she's acting, though. She is acting. She was in four movies that year. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was her first year, though, but none of them are big movies. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Completely out of left field. That is a really left field choice. It's different, but I thought it would add a little... I, I think know. that's your marriage affecting you right now. I, it think, I think it's your cinephile husband be. whispering I, Tilda Swinton into your you ear. He actually would Big probably Tilda. be really irritated that I chose Tilda Swinton, if I'm being perfectly huh. honest. But I was thinking, I just looked up her height. She's 5'11", so she's tall. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of, I always imagine because he's the Tin Man and he has to have oil, he's always kind of stiff, which I always mm-hmm. find her kind of stiff as well. She's got but those she's killer also cheekbones. she does have killer cheekbones. She usually plays like like she played uh, in she played an uh, angel was it Gabriel or Michael Arch Archangel Oh yeah in, in uh, which Constantine movie? in Constantine yeah, yeah. she played because the it, Keanu Reeves Constantine yeah yeah I just thought that it would be interesting considering it's her first year of acting and everybody else that I've cast is pretty well known by this point, so might as well throw a little, throw a little roll a little dice throw there. A little okay. dice there. All right. Can't all be A listers. No. Did either I wrote down again, I, I, I tapped the spinal tap well and I and I wrote down Christopher Guest. I'm not familiar enough. He uh he's Jamie Lee Curtis's husband. Okay. He is the man with six fingers in uh, Princess Bride? Yeah, he killed uh, oh. Leo oh, okay, okay. father. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he is the guitar player of Spinal Tap. Okay. Um, that, that um, yeah, probably the best part of Spinal Tap. Yeah, weirdly married to Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, 
and he has a higher singing voice. Um, and then I also wrote down Billy Crystal. <laughs> Come on, that's good. <laughs> Nick always has to throw some condescending laugh at one of my choices. <laughs> and so uh, I wrote down him. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'm not going to know how to... Uh, I didn't think of Billy Crystal about any of these. But he's good. <laughs> but he's good. He is he good, be, absolutely. Yeah. He only made one movie, Running Scared, with Gregory Hines, who I also wrote down as a potential hit, uh, uh, Tin Man, because Gregory Hines is a singer, dancer, actor. Um, and I did not think of a gender swap. I also wrote down Carrie Elvis. Oh. Oh. Yeah, oh. right? That Carrie, would have been a good one. Yeah. Hold oh. on, it could still be a good one. Oh. Oh. When did as when was Princess Bride? Not now. The only it, thing after, he made this no, year I mean, was it before was Lady after? Jane. Uh, Princess Bride, I think, is after. Okay, I'll look that I up don't while think, we're talking. Uh, yeah, I think eighty six would be too young. Uh, so I'm just saying, Carrie Elvis is the guy I wrote down as. Yeah, but number one, <clears throat> Tin Man. Is hmm. What a stud! Right, he's a babe. He's a babe. I'm digging he it. Would be yeah. I just wonder, because both both his character in Princess Bride, whose name escapes me at the moment. Wesley? Wesley, thank you. And then that's the main role I know him for, and also Robin of Loxley in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. And with each of those, there's a bit of like a smart elekiness to it, right? Yeah. I think the other thing most people would know him for is Saw. Yeah, okay. that's what Saw, I was thinking. He cuts his own foot off. He's a he's he's very good at an American accent. He plays the bad guy in Twister. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. I forgot about, about that. Now also kind of kind of smart alecky a little bit. But. Princess Bride is a year from now. Okay, see we're fine. I, I, I knew we were fine. I just did. I just was wondering where in the timeline we're, we're envisioning him. So right before his big moment. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder if he, if he's gonna be able to do the sensitive. He's so sensitive. He's Wesley. And he made like a period romantic movie this year that I don't care about. <laughs> but he looked sensitive in it. Lady Jane. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Wait, who, remind me who you did again? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And she you did, did Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Swinton. You, yeah, you swung for the fences. I did. Um, or Carrie Elvis. I'm throwing mine out there. Hmm. Discussion. I think all three have very strong merit, I they, they, and they're all str- their strengths are for different reasons, I guess. Like if I could put Kiri Elvis's voice in Tilda Swinton and give her the charm of safety that Tom Hanks puts out right, there, yeah, he'd be a perfect Tin Man. You're right, but we're time travelers. We're not Doctor Frankenstein. Okay. Well. Hmm. Allie. <laughs> I do think that Tom Hanks is a solid is a solid choice. My only thing is can he sing? That's that's yeah. the thing. That's I've the never only heard it. I've never heard him sing, so I don't know if that would work. That's the only thing that's he holding me back. He did sing in Toy Story 2. Cuz he I I've, I've seen zero He of sings the Toy you've Story got a, he sings you've got a friend in me. At the uh, end, on when they're leaving, they're gonna leave him behind with Andy and the new to- and Jesse and uh, them when they're gonna go to Japan. And Is it sold. any good? I don't remember that. He's, it's, it just sounds like Tom Hanks singing. So like it, 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 it's not like oh gosh he can't sing. It's just oh yeah, it sounds like Tom Hanks singing. 
I will cast Tom Hanks. Are yeah. you sure? I are we will. Sh- are we in agreement for this? I I think Tom, that's the only thing that would hold me back. It's just do, uh, okay. Do we he, need to pause so I can, can play it? No, if he can if he can carry a tune. Yeah. And you're saying there's uh, there's he can documented carry, he can carry a evidence tune. that he can yeah. carry that he's not tone deaf like me. Um, his 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 personality is Tin Manish. It is. There, Absolutely. It, there is. I think the only thing that I thought about when I was trying to decide for him was that it is like a period of transferring for him from being almost a Bill Murray, like more jerkish kind of character. It would be interesting to see like if the Tin Man was somehow on his uh, filmography. I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if I was going through his filmography and saw Tin Man. Have either one of you, I have not seen this, but have either one of you seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Yes. Not yet. Apparently he sings in he it. He does sing. He sings and he plays piano in it. Okay. Yeah. So there is, a, he he can. Just is I don't that know. the thing that holds you both back? Is no, just hold singing? on. For me, that's the only thing. Yeah. You know, though, the whole, I think he just sealed it. Because his, his, uh, his playing of Fred Rogers, again, it kind of, it's, it's very Tin Man-ish. It's, it's. Because again, the character of Tim Man is this weird thing where you can say like, "Yeah, there's like this." It's the middle child of the roles. Yeah, it's it's this weird middle child where I feel like Jack Haley had to really like put himself out there because obviously Burt Lars got getting all this comedic stuff as yeah, the line and yeah. nailing it. Scarecrow's the very animated, and he's got the love. Yeah, he's got the whole every time he moves, it's very fun. It's cool. He, he his his song and dance is the best. Um, and he and he's kind of the leader of the group. Weird, he's found first. He's got the weird romantic vibes going. So he's got, the Tin Man has to have something. And I think what it is, is there's just this quality to him that is a safety net. Yeah. In a weird thing. That's like true. You just feel okay with the Tin Man around. Maybe mm. it's because he's got an axe. I don't know. But Made so, of metal, you know. I'm going with Tom Hanks. Okay. I think being reminded of the whole Fred Rogers thing just makes me fall in love more with the Tom Hanks. Because mm-hmm. if Fred Rogers was going to be any of them, he would be, he the, would tin be tin the Tin Man. He Fred would. Rogers could have played the Tin Man. I don't think he acted other than being Fred Rogers. That's true. Okay. So, I, I can't count that. I mean, we could just say, just be Fred Rogers. Just he just Fred turns Rogers. to the camera and goes, hello, neighbor. <laughs> hello, Dorothy. <laughs> oh, that would have been delightful. Oh, man. Okay, so we're going to go Tom Hanks as the Tin Man. All right. What's the score? Anybody know the score? Currently, three, so... Three, two, one, oh, right? Three, two, one. Yeah. All right. I, should, I could have had two there, but I didn't. I don't know. Tom Hanks is just right above Carrie Elvis. Um, uh, and then, okay, so let's move to Scarecrow, right? Yes, because we only have two left. Yeah, all right, Scarecrow, or Hunk, his human counterpart. It's a solid name, Hunk. Um, I might name my first child Hunk. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Allie, let's start with you for Scarecrow. So Scarecrow, for me at least, he's very nervous. He has a very nervous disposition. It's a lot of physical acting. It's a lot of physical acting. And I think that this person could be good. The only thing is he was 45, so we could probably just de-age him. Well, de-aging wasn't a thing, but we could just make him look a little. Put some makeup on him. Put some makeup, some prosthetics. It'd be fine. I think Christopher Walken would be an interesting Scarecrow. Would be a really interesting. Really interesting. I think it would because he's funny. It's a lot of physical comedy, but it's also a lot of just being weird and yeah. being wacky. That's what I always get from the Scarecrow. What was Walken doing in '86? I didn't even consider him. In '86, he was doing um, 
Oh goodness. I think it I was think I have it if you don't. I think it was at close range. Yeah, yeah, that's Is what that shot it. A pin? Yeah. Yeah, but it's it it didn't movie. it didn't do very well though. But it's a good movie. Well, but it and didn't I'm just saying. In the director's heart. Close range. <laughs> it's a pretty solid movie. All right, but it's not but it's not near and dear. That is a that's, that's an, an interesting, interesting choice. choice because I'm thinking about the physical element of it. In that, like, Christopher Walken's always kind of, it seems like he's just dancing at all times. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. <sighs> Christopher Walken and Tim Curry together in a movie. I think that would just be mm. lovely. Right. I think it'd be great. Okay, Nick. So, what, how did you go with Scarecrow? If Three Amigos didn't exist, can we all yes. agree this is the role that Steve Martin would be playing the Scarecrow? I, no, Martin he, Short. Oh, yeah, sorry. You Martin said Martin Short. Martin Short is Scarecrow to me. Okay. He's way more animated. Like, That's fair. Yeah, yeah. See, I was thinking him or Rick Moranis. Oh, uh, yeah. But Rick Moranis was in Little, little Shop of he Horrors. Was in yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. And he would have, in my mind, he would have been a good uh, Tin Man for the same reasons as Tom Hanks, other than he's too short. Mm. That's the only problem with uh, Scarecrow is the only thing Rick Moranis could have done because of his height. Because I don't think he would have done the cowardly line that well. No. He would have sang it well. Yeah. He would have performed it well, but he would have been like a foot shorter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Which maybe that's just a way you go for the cowardly line. But either way, he made Little Shop of Horrors, and we don't touch that film. We don't. Ever. Um. So, <laughs> other things I thought of. Why not just bring back Michael Jackson from The Wiz? He, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael J. Fox I thought about, but he's also smaller. He's also doing Family Ties full seasons. If you bring back Michael Jackson, you know you lose the Captain EO ride. Is that the year it That's came out? That's the year they filmed all the stuff Man. for Captain EO. He's credited. You would lose that ride. <clears throat> I never I never rode that ride. I never saw it. But, but you like that it existed. I do like that it existed. Yeah, so I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't, my t- he wasn't my top choice. I thought about Michael J. Fox, but he's do- busy doing Family Ties, and he probably won't do two years in a row of... A mo- no sleep. Um, one that I thought of, but I thought maybe he was too young, was Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he's uh, mm. in back to school this he's year. He's 21. This is the year he does... Uh, is this the year he does it? Yeah, this is the year he does SNL. Oh, is it? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so he's in SNL and he's in back to school. He's in back to Roger, school. And, he's, and he has like a small role, I guess, in his dad's movie, uh, America. Okay. So he's kind of busy, so he can't do it. I went with Bill Murray. Okay. I did not write him down for this one. The only thing he has listed is his cameo in Little Shop of Horrors. But again, yeah, he ha- he's, the, he's just... Which, and that's, and that's under five we, minutes. Can we also say that role with him and Steve Martin... Is th- amazing. <laughs> like, they're both, like, each other's, like, counterpoint in that scene. Oh, I love that scene. I'm going to go home and watch Little Shop of Horrors. Um. Uh. Yeah, and it's probably one of the best cameos in film history. Uh, and it is under it's five like, minutes. It counts. It's one of those moments in history where you're like, because that's the only scene they've ever done together. Mm-hmm. It's like the irresistible object or the immovable object, meaning the whatever that phrase is. Well, there, I I read a book earlier this year that's kind of goes through the co- the comedians of the '80s. Yeah, and apparently egos were a huge thing. Yeah, and Steve Martin, the one thing he had going for him was he was the funny guy that wasn't didn't have SNL as like a launching pad. He was self made, yeah. even though he appeared on SNL a lot. Yeah, he wasn't ever a cast member, so it was a big deal when these guys would show up. You know, I mean, if you ever watch Caddyshack, that the film or the scene with Bill Murray and Chevy Chase was essentially forced 
they pretty much improvised the whole thing. Neither of them wanted to be in a scene together. But, but like they both, they both were in SNL, weren't that's they? That's the thing. But they hated each other. Oh, okay. That's the thing. Like yeah. a lot of these, the egos were huge. So I like that you brought that up because it is a big deal to see Martin and Bill Murray did share a scene um, together in a Little Shop of Horrors. But apparently, egos played a big part in that. But that hmm. is such. I think the dentist in Little Shop is my favorite Steve Martin role. It's a fair. Are you, you're not going for. Lucky Day and Three Amigos. I, I love Lucky Day and the Three Father Amigos, and Father of the Bride. I just love the dentist because it's weird. It's a weird Steve Martin role. Yeah, he plays no, a narcissistic right. dentist. Yeah. Um, it's fun and the song's killer. So, okay, so you went with Bill Murray. I did for Scarecrow, which is also physically he's he could do it. I think he could do it. All right, here's who I wrote down. Did Ali go yet? Yeah, she yeah. Uh, she threw in uh, Christopher Walken. Walken. That's right. That's right. Sorry. Um, so. And then, yeah, Bill Murray did nothing but the uh, cameo, and I'm willing to lose at close range. It's a good movie, but it's not necessarily canon to either of their filmographies. Um, I did, okay, so I, I not Robert Downey Jr., I did consider Johnny Depp. Okay. He's mm. a, he can be a physical actor. Yeah. He can be yeah. weird. I mean, he, he, oh, yeah, yeah. And so he ha- is acting now. The only thing is I'm taking him out of Platoon. Which is his big launching point? No. But it doesn't matter if you put him in Wizard of Oz. They cut out most of his stuff in Platoon because he was overshadowing Sheen in that movie, like famously. Like apparently he was stealing the the scenes and stuff. So a lot of his role has been removed from Platoon. So that's not a huge deal. He had done Nightmare on Elm Street at this point, so he is acting. He's also in teen heartthrob mode, too. He kind of mm-hmm. is. He is. Um, and then I did dip back into the Monty Python with Michael Palin. I think the strongest of the Python actors. Okay. And by far the most. Uh, and then did anybody consider Eric Idle for anything? Eric Idle. The most famous, probably, aside from John Cleese, of uh, the Monty Python. See, he's, that's the thing is like I've only seen Monty Python and Holy Grail, so I'm not as well versed in these guys. Eric Idle, you'd recognize him. He's like he's in Casper. He's okay. the the henchman's uh, right hand man, like okay. the other bad guy that's yeah. not the the woman in Casper. Okay, um, does a lot of voice acting. He did like Transformers the movie in '86, um, but him and Palin are very very animated actors. Um, again, they kind of come from that old school theater stuff. I wrote this down, but honestly, I don't think it should count. Okay. I wrote Mike Myers. Who can sing? He can dance. He has credits, but up to this point, it's only like delivery boy. It's only, I think he's not an established actor, you know? He's in like three things before this, but all of it's extra work. Those are the, I mean, that falls within our rules, though. Kind of, but it's like, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know. But if you're worried would... that like he's not, him being in that role isn't going to pull people to theaters? No, because nobody knows who he is. Yeah. He's like still a few years from Saturday Night Live and Wayne Campbell and stuff. This is the one I wrote Eddie Murphy down. Okay. Um, okay. Again, animated. Uh, and then also, this is the one where I threw Robin Williams. Yeah, I thought about Robin for this one as well, but because then... again of the whole um, animated, animated. Mm-hmm. Okay, so someone read the cast to me so far. So far, this is important. Okay, or at least tell me who the lion and the yeah. Tim, so, Tim so, Curry. I'll just I'll I'll read it to you. So far, we have Julie Andrews, Annie M, Robin Williams, the Wizard, Angela Lansbury, Glinda, Liza Minnelli, the Witch, Tim Curry, the Lion, and Tom Hanks, the Tin Man. <sighs> 
Okay, and you're you were Christopher Walken. You were Bill Murray, and you're Bill Eddie Murray. Murphy. Well, I don't know. I, I just I I don't really like any of my choices that much. I've, honestly, if I had to pick any of mine, it'd have been Depp or one of the Monty Python guys. Uh, Christopher Walken. Ooh, he sings. Mm-hmm. He does sing. He does sing. This is an important factor. But he can't really not sing in a New York accent. <laughs> <laughs> Which might take us out of Oz. But the, the, the carriage driver has like a Cockney accent. So they're there. Yeah. Huh. This is a tough one. Jesse, are you trying to get a point in this? Okay. <laughs> All right. Come on, Jesse. Bill Murray, Christopher Walken. I'm... I... I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I'm going Christopher Walken. Oh my god! <laughs> I really do. It's it's the singing. I hear him singing. If I only had a brain, and oh. it's kind of cool. I'm just. You said how old is he in this? At this point, he was 45. 45 okay. Yes. All right. I've seen a lot after this, and he still got the moves. Okay. So I, I, I yeah, that's. I can't believe I went with that. That's weird, but I kind of like it, huh? I just hmm. I can't hear Bill Murray singing it, but I can hear Christopher Walking singing it. Yeah, it would be a lot of character singing. It would. Which means they can't sing and they're just speak singing, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if Bill Murray can actually sing or not. He can, kind of, but he's got a very bassy voice. Because I actually YouTube Bill Murray singing today. Okay. And there's a compilation. And no. it's, it's there. He can hold the tune, but it's not, like, fantastic. Um, okay. So it comes down to Dorothy. What's the score? Has somebody already won? I believe it's 3-3-1. Three, oh, three, it's 3-3-1. Three, three, it's Ooh. it's it's tiebreaker. So can we all agree if I get Dorothy, I get like four points and I win? I don't think Then we have up. to do mm. another tiebreaker. Yeah. Fine. Okay, fine. Dorothy. Who wants to go first on Dorothy? Who wants to end this? I don't think either of us want to go first on Dorothy. Allie, do you want to go first? Well, I have a feeling that Nick and I may have I, I, I think we may have the same person. Ooh, you he, think we might have the same you person? You made a comment earlier where I was like, oh, that sounds very similar to my person. Huh. This was the toughest thing for me. I wrote yes. down one, maybe. I That's it. I wrote down one, and after that, I like my brain broke, and I couldn't think of a good I have one. a long list. Well, really? I, I, I don't, well, but, no, no, a long list, but none of them really fit is oh, the problem. Okay. No, I mean, I could do like, that. Like, I spent most of my time trying to cast Dorothy. Okay. Yeah, Dorothy was really difficult for me to cast. Because it's a point in time where there's established actresses that are have aged out, which is hard to strange to say because they're all, like, in their mid-20s, upper 20s, and you're trying to find somebody that's, like, teen age, basically. Okay, so this is the only time I think I'm ever going to say anything negative about the Brat Pack in my life. Yeah. Th- they don't fit. No, no. The no, no. teen actors of the '80s were this snobbish, like they were fine actors. I love it. This is my favorite era of cinema is the '80s, and I love the '80s teen films. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they were they they had an edge to them. They came yeah. in with this like rough edge because you need somebody that has innocence. Yeah, they yeah. have to be innocent. They have to be Absolutely. pure. And like so, I'm like sitting there like I'm throwing Molly Ringwald, but I'm like I don't know if you can like um, not be moody uh, pretty or and sing. And I threw like Ali Sheedy, you know. Uh, what I mean? Short Circuit. Um, who, who cares? Short Circuit Two is way better than Short Circuit. Okay. So, says um, the man who also says pr- Grease preferred. Two is better than Grease, and I stand by it. Grease Two. Oh my. Is better than Grease. The songs are so much better. That's an opinion. That in itself, it's a great opinion. 
Allie, why don't you go ahead first? Okay. And I'll just run down the list of names that I was thinking of after you. So I was thinking about there were there were a couple that I was toying with of of they hadn't quite I well one of them I'm not entirely sure. But I know one of them had not made a huge um, she, she hadn't really come on the scene yet, if I'm not mistaken. I was thinking, and she was only 15, but I thought at first Winona Ryder would have been interesting. But then I was like, no, I, I, I don't know if she can sing. I don't think she can dance. Uh, and then I thought Brooke Shields, but she's like six foot 11 or something And she's crazy. already done Blue Lagoon. Oh, see, I didn't realize that. She's already that. tainted herself. Yeah. Oh. oh, I didn't <laughs> realize that. She's become a sex symbol at a very young age. I didn't realize that. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, ni- that was 1980, I think. You, was it really? Yeah. I know a writer started in 86. So she's she's, she's in started, yeah. She's Lucas. in Lucas that year, yeah. yeah. But I ended up going with Leah Thompson. She had just come out with Back to the Future the year prior. And I feel like she has a really innocent face. I looked it up, and she was actually on Broadway, so she can sing, and she does have the same range as Judy Garland, or she, so, at least similar. She was also in Howard the Duck this year. She was year. in Howard the Duck. So you'd be Space rescuing Camp. her That's from Howard the Duck, exactly what I was thinking. Which she sings in. Oh, I see. I've never seen so, it because yeah, well, I don't yeah, want to subject to. myself to the that. The two, the two main things are: is it Jeffrey Jones? She was in Space Camp. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> She's in Space Camp. Oh, okay. I don't know what Space Camp is. Space Camp. <laughs> I feel like I should know what Space you Camp sh- is. You should watch Space Camp. Is it? Okay. It's great. Is it just there at Space okay, Camp? Okay, just imagine when you're a little kid and you watch Nickelodeon. Every time some kid won a week at Space Camp, yeah. were you jealous? Always. This is a movie about kids at Space Camp. Okay. It's fun. It's great. I'm sold. Okay. So, the problem with Leah Thompson is she is coming on Back to the Future where she plays a promiscuous woman in the 50s who tries to sleep with her son. In all fairness, she doesn't know it's her son. Yeah. But, and then she was in all the right moves with Tom Cruise, which has a pretty, like... Oh, I didn't realize that. Nude, oh, I didn't It's, it's an intense that. nude scene. I've never seen with, it. Oh, uh, my. With Tom Cruise. In 85 oh. or 86? That was in 83. So this is that was before Back yeah. to the Future? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh. least, Leah Thompson, she's dipped her toe into some she, rough stuff. Oh, my so goodness. I, don't know if I, can, I, I mean, didn't realize that. To be fair, she also did try to have sex with a duck. In Howard the Duck. See, but I don't know these things. I haven't seen it. Right, yeah. That's she the tries question to have is, sex with a duck? Sh- I, how would, have you seen it? I've seen Howard the Duck, not in a really long time, okay. though. It's almost like I think she's teasing him because he's talking like a big game. Because Howard the Duck is basically just, he's from a, un- a parallel universe where ducks are the dominant species. And they they wear the same clothes. There's, there's literally Indiana Duck on the wall. So he's just oh transferred here. And so he's talking about how he's like this big shot. And so I think it's more like she's being like, oh, a big shot, huh? All right, well, maybe we should. And then he's like, uh, and then he starts to panic. But it's still, she's like in underwear. That's strange. About to. That's very uncomfortable. Have you ever seen Blank Check? The Disney movie. It has been a long time. You know how there's this really weird sexual tension they put with the 10-year-old kid and the adult bank teller? It's kind of the same thing. You're like, I don't know why there's vibes here. Oh. But the movie put them here. Oh, I don't Even remember that. It, I don't think this oh. makes she, sense. She I'm says to call it, what she, she says, call me when you're 18 or 20. Yeah. When, yeah at some, the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah. It kisses him. Kisses a kid. On the lips? I think so. It's a weird. Oh. It, 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 kissing him at any point is a, uh, not okay if they're not relatives, Nick. Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there's there's the there's the kiss, there's the there's the innocent cheek kiss or forehead kiss to, Nick, from you, an adult to a child. If you kiss from a, a woman adult girl, to a child, <laughs> you're not like related a, to. You're going to jail. I get it. Okay, if Allie kissed a ten year old boy. There, you like could, on you the could, cheek, you very sweet. You can see it yeah. as like innocent. So I guess yeah, there is a double standard there where it's okay. But if Allie, Joe Biden kisses a like, younger, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. okay, got oh. it. So okay, <laughs> but still, yes, Nick's correct. In Howard the Duck, Leah Thompson has this really weird sexual tension with a duck. That's so strange. Well, yes, a very take- clever, witty duck. But that's doesn't. That's that also doesn't played by the same guy that plays Chucky, right? That I, is it. Is I it, think so. Is it Brad he g- apparently gets more autograph or like requests and stuff about Howard the Duck than he does Chucky. That would make sense. That type of people goes to Comic Con. Yeah, that would go <laughs> yeah. Howard the Duck over Chucky. Right. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh my. Huh. Interesting. So the, have y'all both given me options? No. Not oh, yet. you haven't given me. No. You've so, given me Leah Thompson, and, yes. we've, and we've dissected so, it. Yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. We've destroyed he, uh, it. We've before destroyed your very it, eyes. absolutely. I, I will say, but here's here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Here's why Leah Thompson is a top contender, is because, again, she can play innocent, like we saw in Back to the Future. Kind of. She, she can sing. Yeah. She has the look, and she's in the age range. She's older. She's in her mid mid she to early 2025 so she's in the ballpark she's she's all the right ingredients the only thing that's negative is yes she's had a sex scene i watched tom cruise undress her and she's oh and she's technically wanted to have sex with her son yeah so who she didn't know it was her son who she didn't know yeah. and and we're also talking about being adults knowing this versus kids watching it for the first time that's true. and they learning wouldn't later have been allowed to watch all the yeah, right movies they would or they, they may have, have seen been they may have seen Back to the Future, but they wouldn't think about that. Yeah. This is okay. So, and it's all that so noted. they can't Google her yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm okay. Okay. With thank Leah you. Thompson. Thanks, Nick. Now that we've thrown it in the context, so, I will say that, and I say that defending her because she's also a top contender on my list. Oh, really? And that was my concern was mm-hmm. that. But as we're discussing it, and as you're going to see as I go down this list. There's not a lot of options for finding the perfect Dorothy. Yeah, that was no. I, I you, had a lot of trouble. Because you look, you think of the immediate stars of the time. So Molly Ringwald, she's doing Pretty in Pink. Ali Sheedy, she's doing Short Circuit. Corey doesn't care about it, but it's a staple of the '80s. Alyssa Milano is 14, has the look, has can sing, car- can carry a tune, cannot sing because she actually released a music video, but she's on Who's the Boss right now. Mm. Jennifer Connelly. Is in Labyrinth, sadly. Yeah, she is. Uh, so I also thought about pop stars. What pop stars are available? But I'm also a time traveler that knows what Jennifer Connelly's gonna do. Well, you know what? In Requiem you know, for a again, Dream. Again, back to the back to the <laughs> Leah Thompson conversation, Corey. Um, Debbie Gibson, the pop star. I thought about her, but she's only had like small cameos and stuff, and she's not like this great singer. She just does these sweet little pop tunes. I thought about Diane Lane, who's 21, but she, and she's free, but she previously, just like Leah Thompson, was playing this very sexy character in Streets of Fire, a movie I really want to see now. <laughs> and you should see and Streets should of see Fire. It. Who? Diane Lane. Oh, yeah, that's right, Diane Lane. Mm-hmm. I was thinking her. Heather Graham is one year away from License to Drive at 16. Uh, no, nah, she was... But she's, she's too... Even in License to Drive, when she was that age, I knew that that was not good, that she was going to be trouble. Yeah. Yeah, she had she no that's she was she was sex pot from the get go. She couldn't play Dorothy. Julia Roberts is nineteen. 
Mm-hmm. And she's in Crime her. Story. A t- that's her first credit. As did, you, a, did you go with Julia I didn't Roberts? go with her. Marissa Tomei's 22 with Playing for Keeps. Nick's going to blow this. He's going to do that thing where, he, where in his list he he says the right <laughs> one and then says something different. So here, here are the other ones. Amanda Peterson from Can't Buy Me Love. Okay. She was in Annie as a child, had some singing solo parts in some of the group songs. She's a blonde, but Dorothy technically is, they don't describe her in the book as have, as her hair color at all. Okay. But as we know her, she's the brunette yeah. or t- technically auburn hair, if depending on what you're watching. Listen, the original director tried to make her blonde. We're not going to do it now. Yeah. So here are the, here, here's the three. I thought about Janet Jackson. Because she can sing. Mm-hmm. She's acted in TV shows and stuff previously. This is the year she comes out with Nasty Boy. Which isn't a song necessarily about her being nasty. It's talking about boys trying to be nasty towards her. So she's still in an age of innocence right now. So she's got that. She's 20. I'm not sure about it, though. Leah Thompson, obviously, we've discussed. I also thought about today, Elizabeth Shue. Which is a more innocent Leah Thompson, mm. in my mind. I don't know everything Elizabeth Shue's done. She's a year out from Adventures uh, in babysitting. babysitting. This year, she's in a movie called Link, which is about her being this student that goes to uh, work on this uh, private like uh, research about chimpanzees, and one of them super intelligent, and weird things start happening around the science place because the chimp's trying to like. I, it might be a horror movie. I need to watch this. I love. Congo. I can't tell if it's a comedy or like a horror thriller movie yeah, from the like, trailer. It sounds like up my alley. Because I listen. Uh, other, I'll just throw it out there right now. Congo is better than Jurassic Park. While I'm throwing out controversial opinions, so you're saying that to the woman who is wearing Jurassic Park <laughs> on her shirt as we speak. And texted me if y'all ever do Jurassic Park, I want in. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know. I okay, know. Yeah. sorry, Allie. That's um, okay. Okay. So, so, but here's 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 who actually. Oh, and ended up with okay, so it wasn't Elizabeth which is Shue. probably wrong. They're all probably wrong. Well, the fact that Janet Jackson made your final list and not Julia Roberts, I'm not confident in your answer. I went with Winona Ryder, actually. Did you? I did. Okay. She's 15. She's in Lucas this year, which is kind of her. She's playing sweet and innocent, has a crush on the main character. And Corey Feldman just threw a horrible stain on that movie. Yeah, no one can ever rewatch it. Right. Yeah, I couldn't even find it. To yeah. watch it, yeah, I was trying to decide yeah. like, well, is she, what, what, how is her acting and stuff? Can't yeah. find it. Um, she has the right age. She has the right look. She has the innocence. Can she sing? That was my question. Mm-hmm. That was my concern. I'm going with this with the potential idea, and Corey's probably going to shoot this down. Being a Judy Garland fan, she lip syncs. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You want to lip sync? Uh-oh. In. If she can't sing, and the, the the options are very few and far between, did nobody consider Madonna? No, no, she's done like a virgin, <laughs> literally like a few years prior to this, and she did a horrible, horrible like sex act on live MTV awards. Right, yeah, yeah. that whole thing. We all remember it. Yeah. I, wrote, I wrote Madonna down just because she was the only one that I knew that sang, and she was the only female pop star I knew in acting. At now, this do point. you want to put Madonna's no, voice? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Because I because what I was thinking was on the same line of them getting somebody like a Jodie Benson, 
who plays the Little Mermaid in '89. Don't Disney this. I'm not Disneying it. I'm just these are the options because right now we don't have a big young up and coming young teen actress other than Winona Ryder. Now I'm gonna throw this out here. No one considered Aunt Becky. Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. She Acting was in super young. What was she in? She was in Rad, the Rad. BMX movie. Okay. Which I like, but and then she was in a TV movie. Yeah. She was have you seen the movie with her and Keanu Reeves? Uh maybe? Where he No, that's the TV movie. Is that the TV yeah, movie? She made this year. Okay. Maybe that's why I saw it. It's the TV movie. Okay. It's a TV it was a TV movie? Yeah, I'm fairly certain. Uh The Brotherhood of Justice. It's no, the I'm... Keanu Reeves movie. What? It's Keanu Reeves and Kiefer Sutherland. Bro, it's like a weird like high school gang movie. I've seen it before because it's on Amazon. There's Prime, another one terrible. where she plays Keanu Reeves' boyfriend and she basically gets sold into the prostitution. Oh, that's called um uh that's like on prom night. That's a yeah, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's like it's a more like upbeat, risky business. Um, so <laughs> and uh, oh man, so uh, yeah, I don't like either of your choices. That's I don't know. If Lori Laughlin can sing, but she'd be a way better Dorothy than anything y'all have thrown at me. I, I disagree. She's Aunt Becky. Okay, she's Aunt Becky. She's hot Aunt Becky. She's not sweet, innocent Dorothy Gale from Kansas. What horrible thing did Aunt Becky do on Full House that makes you question her morality? Nothing, but I don't think of her in Dorothy. In 86, she was young. Okay, a lot of people were young in 86. uh, Man, so it's between Winona Ryder or... Here's the other thought that I have, and obviously we can't choose it, but you've got all these A-list actors. I want to know why I can't pull Julia Roberts out of your list and cast her. I, it's not like you can't. We haven't no. made that rule. You could you could steal. I don't know. I feel like there's a rule. I feel like I'm bending rules there. I mean, you're the director. So. It's a talent scout. I mean, you're sitting there going, well, what about that person? What about Al Pacino for Godfather? Nah, he's too short. Okay. Let me think here. Wait, what were you saying, though? You, I, I was saying the only other thing I thought about and like. Gender swap? No, no, no. No, no was that it, it, we have all these A listers or potential going to be A listers, A listers now. Go with an unknown. I, I would feel dirty if I just wrote right. unknown. For the rules that we're playing here, yeah. we like, no, you don't do that. But I would say, in, in the real sense of thing, if you're making this movie, you might gamble and go, let's get an up-and-coming actress to be around all these veteran actors. Hmm. Okay, so it's between Leah Thompson and Winona Ryder. And if you want Julia Roberts. Or if I want Julia Roberts, which I have. I don't know. I feel bad about that. I feel. I don't know why you feel bad. It's Hollywood. It's... There were uh, worse things done, as we stated earlier in this podcast. Sounds like a Harvey Weinstein quote. When you feel bad, it's Hollywood. <laughs> That's Hollywood, baby. So, um, let's see here. Um, I I think I know who I'm going to go with between the two. I don't. I'm not in love with either of them, but we've just put a pretty solid okay. cast me, around let me, them. Let me. Over, hold on. Let me picture over the rainbow happening here. I can see Winota doing it, but she can't sing. That we know of. That we know of, that yeah. We know of. I, I looked. Crying. The only thing I've seen her sing on YouTube that was available was in Girl Interrupted, when her and Angela, Angelina Jolie are like outside, and they're just playing, strumming on a guitar for like somebody that's in like 
solitary confinement. Mm. And she's not really singing. She's like kind of just, and we're singing here. And you're like, it's very halfway. Okay. So I would be okay with, with Leah, Leah Thompson. Thompson. I'm not like against it, but here's the thing now. Especially if it saves her from Howard the Duck. I'm not opposed to Elizabeth Shue. I'm not either, but I couldn't find anything singing-wise. They're both good options. Well, if I gotta make someone lip-sync, I'd rather it be Elizabeth Shue than Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, there's something about her. I don't. Maybe it's just because I know she's gonna become like a staple for goth culture later. Yeah. That makes it really hard to digest, and I have to keep my mindset in 1986. So... I mean, Faruka Balk also played Dorothy a year ago, before this. Yeah, but she was like nine. Yeah. Yeah... Uh, and she did terrible, so... No, you're not wrong. Yeah, she, no, it didn't work. She's way better as the worst witch. She totally redeems herself in the worst witch. Um, I, for this... Someone remind me, the lion, the Tin Man, Scarecrow. We got Tim Curry, Tom Hanks... And Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Christopher Walken. Oh, that's going to be the game changer right there. Who's got chemistry with old Walken? That's going to be the tough one. I am casting Leah Thompson. There we go. That's we go. that's it. It's gonna be that. She is coming off Back to the Future. She's got na- She's got. She's got momentum behind her. Then people are gonna come for that. So I, I like it. Yeah. That that's it. We're going Leah Thompson. Sweet. And really, uh, like it's like we said. Like I think the only thing that was holding me back from putting her in that role was was the concern. We know things about things, but yeah. again, it's nineteen eighty six. Kids shouldn't have seen all the right moves. Can't Google her, so you won't know. They'll just know her as Marty's mom. Yeah, and she's played. And a most teenager. of those jokes went over their heads. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I watched Back to the Future. It was probably the fifth time growing up before I realized what was happening. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. You want, the, you want the rundown? Yeah. Let's have the rundown for Wizard of Oz, 1986. So we've got Julie Andrews in a cameo as Auntie M. Love it. We have Robin Williams playing multiple roles as the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, he is. We have Angela Lansbury bringing her loving care to Glinda the Good Witch of the oh, North. That is such a good one. We have a callback to the original that doesn't exist in this in this uh, version, in this world that we're in, of Liza Minnelli playing the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, good job, Corey. <laughs> we have Tim Curry... I can't believe I forgot about him playing the cowardly lion to perfection. Wow. We have Tom Hanks in his first kind of serious role as the Tin Man. All right. Christopher Walken dancing around as the Scarecrow. And Leah Thompson as Dorothy. Gail. I love all of it. Yeah, for sure. I would watch that. And... Did you ever watch the Tom Hanks's first TV movie, Mazes and Monsters, where he plays a guy who gets really obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons and mm. like kills himself or something? Oh my um, god! No, that it was like a weird wild. like. It's back when people thought it was like satanically. Dude, he's a good Tin Man. He's a good Tin Man. Yeah, that was your best one. Oh, thanks. But <laughs> who won? Wait, who won? Allie did. Allie, you did win. She came I back won. down. Oh, two and O. Oh. oh, you did. I did. Oh my god, I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself. That if is, I'm being perfectly honest, that's true. I don't think Terrence. And you ever were won. worried about your list. I was really worried. You have no idea. You were. You were. But that was good. Listen, Angela Lansbury and Tim Curry. Those were heavy hitters. Those are strong. Oh. And you almost broke Nick. I think Nick. <laughs> I think Nick fell apart in Game Seven because of Tim Curry. 
I, I do. I, I just do. That was you, you. Yeah, that was a bad one. All right, guys. <laughs> so I like to. I like to add. I. Okay, so now we like to talk about who would direct this 1986, The Wizard of Oz. Do either of you have directors? I have no idea. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't have a director idea. We don't have rules for this one, so I'm not pulling anything, but obviously Jim Hansen and Frank Oz were having incredible years. In 1986, so just pull them from another. I'm just no. I mean, it's, it's I'm breaking rules. This I just think if you're going to direct an 80s Wizard of Oz, those are your guys. That's fair. Understandable. Obviously, because I mean, obvi- Jim Hansen's he's like at the peak right now. Labyrinth is amazing. All right, so let's end it with our lightning round, and we have chosen what theme for our lightning round? We have chosen pop stars. Pop stars. We're casting a. We're taking our time machine through time. We can cast alive, dead, incarcerated, whatever pop stars to make an entirely pop star rendition of The Wizard of Oz. Who wants to go first? Do we want to do character to character or yeah, just do, do the whole list? Character. Okay, I'll just we'll just start at the bottom. Um so I went more eighty centric. Okay. And I chose for Auntie M, I chose Dolly Parton. Oh that's a good one. That is a good one. That's better than mine. Who did you get? I I thought Celine Dion would be a really interesting ATM. Okay, all right. So you went more. I went all, all over. over. Okay. I'm all over Got the place. It. Okay. Yeah, Nick, you you like to you like to put yourself in a box. Sorry. You like you like to you like to confine. Yourself I like a theme. To okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you stayed within the 80s. I did pretty much. My ATM was Diana Ross. Okay. Okay. Which is really gonna have to come into play with? No, it doesn't. No, my Dorothy is totally African American. Yes. So it, the adoption thing doesn't have to come into play, man. Okay, I'm see, I'm obviously just now still looking at my list as okay. a whole. Okay, well, awesome. uh, for the wizard, I chose Prince. Of course you did. Of course you did. Why not? Because you have to cram Prince into the episode. You crammed Prince in the face-off. How could I not? <laughs> so, when the idea of him versus Michael Jackson comes up. I just wanted the soundtrack. That was, uh, I, And in a weird world, I would watch that movie at least once. Okay. Who did you have I for the wizard? Michael Jackson. Okay, you guys. Just... Yeah, we're just. <laughs> All right, battling so it out for war, the 80s it... king of pop. All right, for the wizard, I wrote Elton John. So, I, I actually wrote okay. him down right, right before okay. Michael Jackson. Elton John is I consider. Nobody hip. thought of David Bowie. Yeah, I think it was too on the nose with okay. labyrinth was, breathing down our necks. Yeah, that yeah. was my other choice was for okay. our, for the wizard. Um, for the for Glinda. I chose Madonna. Oh. For Glinda? Yeah. Yeah. The the Good Witch? Yeah. Uh, in yeah. pink. That's and interesting. And you wrote Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. As the Good Witch. Yep. The good one. It's funny. After you chastise me for even There are no <laughs> rules to this one, Corey. <laughs> All right. Allie, Glinda. As far as I know, this is a TV sing along. Yeah, it's one of those weird live versions, yeah, but yeah. we've got a time machine so we just can bring anyone into exactly. it. Exactly. I chose for Glinda. I just thought it would be fun to see Lady Gaga. Okay, that'd be interesting. Okay, all right. Uh, Glinda, Dolly Parton. Nice. Okay. No, solid. She's that accent coming down with the huge hair. You just gotta click your heels three times, little darling. Oh, I'd love it. Okay. All right. For so for for the Cowardly Lion, I actually wrote down Gene Simmons. 
Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> did. did you just no, change it? No. Tell me no, that that's been that's there the whole time. It's been here the whole time. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I love it. You wrote that for who? For the Cowardly Lion. That's perfect. That's solid. I wish I had thought of that. Did we skip the Wicked Witch of the West? Yes, we did. I'm sorry. We'll just go ahead and do the Cowardly Lion. Okay. I put Elvis. I thought it'd be interesting. Yeah, I thought it'd be interesting. All right. Um, For the Cowardly Lion, I wrote Elvis Presley. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been fun. It would have been interesting. I think the voices would have been interesting. Yes. Okay, so let's backtrack to the Wicked Witch of the West right quick. Nick. Where did I put her? Oh, there she is. Okay. Uh, Joan Jett. That's a good one. That's a pretty good one. That's a really good one. All right, Allie. I chose Madonna. Okay. That's more correct than what Nick did. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote Celine Dion. Oh, as the wicked witch of the west. I could see that too. Okay, it'd All be right. fun. Yeah. Uh, for Tin Man, I put Sting. The re- the the the, bassist, the wrestler, the bassist, not oh. the wrestler. <laughs> I was like, doesn't qualify a- as pop star, Nick. Would have been amazing. <laughs> okay, so Tin Man. Um, that was Tin Man. To be cr- to be fair, I would have chosen Macho Man as my cowardly lion. If if this was pro wrestling, yes, that, that would have been right. Okay, Allie, who did you put for Tin Man, pop Tin, star? I did, David Bowie. Okay. okay, all right, all right. You crammed him in there. You I like did. It. We got an appearance from uh, Ziggy Stardust there. Oh, is he in the Ziggy Stardust makeup for Tin Man? He's oh, all like I'm, I'm alien-ish down. looking. Okay, I'm cool with it. I wrote George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and I just picture him in a cool, flamboyant silver suit. Oh, okay. okay. Right. With the five o'clock shadow in the silver earrings. Uh, for the scarecrow, I just stay with Michael Jackson. Don't fix what's what's not broken. All right, okay. Allie, scarecrow. I put Justin Timberlake. I oh. put Justin Did Timberlake. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, this is great. Okay, scarecrow. Yeah, I, I I felt like I need to throw some new flair in there. Yeah. And I like Justin Timberlake as an actor. I really do. I like him in Social Network and Alpha Dog. So I yeah, I think he could do a good scarecrow. All right, rounding it out. Dorothy, Nick. I went Cindy Lauper. Okay. All right. You think she can sing over the rainbow? I mean, yeah, True Colors is pretty belty True Colors. Yeah. uh, Toy Soldiers, is that her? Time After Time. Oh, Time After Time. Oh, Time After After Time. time. That's a good song. You're right. Okay. All right. Allie, Dorothy. I went with the one and only Posh Spice, a.k.a. Victoria Beckham. Okay. You ruined your list right at the end. (laughs) I liked your list up until you crammed a Spice Girl in there. I, she, I, I she, wanted to. Is she Victoria Spice without the other Spice Girls? Or Posh Spice? Is she Posh without the others? Absolutely, yes. Isn't she? No, she's just Mrs. Beckham. No, she's not. Oh, fine. Okay. I'll ta- we'll take it. For Dorothy, I had Whitney Houston. Oh, that would have been really good. Well, that is the version of Over the Rainbow the world needs. Agreed. That's right? solid. Yeah. That's good. That or Freddie Mercury, one of those two. Oh. Also good. That's good. Because, yeah, Dorothy became like an incredibly huge symbol for the gay community. Really? So, yeah, because of the, Over the Rainbow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Became a huge symbol for... Uh, um, and so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Freddie Mercury would have been a good one. All right. But no, I like Whitney Houston. I like mine better than both of yours. <laughs> I win the lightning round, even though we've never had winners and losers in the lightning round. So, Corey. I win it. Who would you play? In the uh, in the Wizard, Wizard of, Oz. of Oz. Who would I want to play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Scarecrow. All day. Scarecrow's been my favorite since I was a little kid. Okay. I like him. He's fun. 
Allie? I mean, I, I feel like I'd probably be Dorothy. I could okay. probably potentially. I could probably see you as Dorothy. Dorothy. I mean, I casted you as Dorothy. I, I casted you as Dorothy in my head. I think so. it's just my brown hair and brown eyes, but I'll take it. I'll take I it. actually was Dorothy for Halloween when I was in fourth grade. I was, nice. I was Scarecrow for Halloween very long time ago. And yeah, probably like third or fourth grade or something. Mm-hmm. I've dressed up as none of these characters. Um, <laughs> I feel like I could do a decent Tin Man, maybe. I think you're the only one of us that sings. So you're probably better for any of these roles. Yeah. Allie, do you sing? I'm, I I I can you can carry I can carry a tune. All right, I'm gonna have to character sing um, if we ever do this. Um, and so, okay, let me ask you guys this though. So I rewatched this recently, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And I think for the first time ever, I kind of catch the ending, in which the wizard hands power of Emerald City over to Scarecrow. Yes. How mm-hmm. long does Emerald City sustain? Well, with the scarecrow in charge. According to Return of Oz, not, not very well. long. Six months. <laughs> okay, but that's not canon. Yeah. Right? And I haven't read the book, so if anybody's read the books, you can tell me if this is... But come on. When I saw that recently, I was kind of shocked. I was like, I've never caught this, and this is a horrible idea. <laughs> and I love the scarecrow. He's my favorite. But I'm not going to put him in charge of a like an economy and people and like... <laughs> Yeah. This is bad. In the Tin Man helping him, he's got the math wrong already. <laughs> After he's got his diploma, he can't even tell us the Pythagorean. No, no, theorem. the Scarecrow has the has the diploma. Oh, whatever. The, the Tin Man oh, has the, the scarecrow heart. Scarecrow gets it wrong. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. He no, gets the, the yeah. yeah. So the time to correct me was like two hours ago, Nick. Sorry. Not now. Sorry. I just so, I was like yes, yes. Okay. That's right. mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's gotten that wrong yeah. already. So okay. economics is gonna just. Fall apart. Do you think real world things like economics and things like that really matter in the land of Oz? I don't know. The roads made the roads made out of gold, so something's like it's a yellow doing brick. Well. It's a yellow brick road. It it doesn't say anything about this. Gold. Isn't heaven? No. <laughs> I picture heaven as Oz with giant green buildings. So you actually, you, that okay? There's there's a theory there. All right, there's a film theory there. Dorothy's died and gone to heaven. Oh, I've never. That's actually a good one. And like, but then she comes out. This is a coma. This is a fever dream. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, it is. That's I mean, technically, yeah. potentially it's unconscious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I just noticed for the first time ever that they handed power over to a man made out of straw. What I thought about at the end was that the message was they were really hammering over the head like, you need to just stay home, Dorothy. Don't ever leave like your home because she's like. She's like, all I needed was my home and my backyard. And you're like, no, you can go visit places. Like, Nah, it's the 30s. She's a woman, Nick. <laughs> she needs to stay home. Hunk is going to college, and she needs to learn how to cook for when he comes home. <laughs> so that is, that's the message. I mean, <laughs> that's what I got of out of it. Oh, was... my God. Allie, as a female, how do you feel about the ending of The Wizard of Oz? Did you catch what Nick caught? No. Okay. Hopefully I, not. I didn't. I was but... making sure as a little girl you didn't think like, yeah, I should stay home. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I've, well, like, I've been yeah, way kid, too stubborn for as that. As a kid, you're just like, yeah, it's great to go off on adventures, but yeah, you miss your family. But like you really read into those lines this time, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I honestly didn't catch that until right now. That's, I, honestly, that's I mean, a little upsetting. I guess I've never really caught that part of it. I just, I needed y'all's opinion on whether y'all thought the Scarecrow would make a good leader of a city. I don't see it. I think that place burned to the ground. 
probably quick. and all those people are dead <laughs> so, so I, I, great yeah. note to end on Corey. <laughs> so, all right so that was wizard of oz 1986 as casted by nick and ally check us out on social media we are at quantum recast on instagram and on uh the twitter machine ali uh, dill how can people find you on the social medias or um, do you want them to find you on the oh social yeah media? you can if you'd like um i can't remember my handles at the moment <laughs> but <laughs> i think well, twitter it's ali d55 okay that if sounds I'm not right. mistaken. I think that's and yeah, Twitter. I'm I'm really not interesting on Instagram. It's mostly just me and my cats. Is fifty five a Back to the Future reference? No, it's oh. actually it's actually a Junior Seau reference from the the San Diego Chargers. He's you my favorite. Lied and said it was a Back to the Future reference. I this should is a have. Film podcast, I'm sorry. A podcast. <laughs> Next week we draft the eighty six. Wait, the who? It's 55 for who? It was for Junior Seau. He played for the San Diego Chargers. Not the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Yeah, I remember that day. Allie was so mad. She raged, like, destroyed things. It was a okay. solid week of raging, but... Right, well, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Check us out. Uh, tell us if we did great, did horrible, if we've left anyone out. Um, tell people that I did well on the Pop Star Lightning Round, and Nick did you know, pretty much Nick things. All right, so that was it. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick. <laughs>